Welcome back to the Couch Command. With me today, I have Isaac of Lobster Magnet Reviews. Uh, hey, thanks for having me for this longly anticipated episode. Oh boy, can't wait. <laughs> and also I have with me MJ. Thanks for having me back. Thanks for having, thanks for joining us. And like today, yeah, we're going to have an all out of uh, Lord of the Rings versus Rings of Power and or yeah, wait, wait, no, sorry. Rings of Power versus House of the Dragon. Uh, we're going to go head to head and talk about like their strengths or weaknesses, uh, the, the like, you know, the experience of like watching them both, and like, yeah, it's uh, it should be a fun discussion. But we're going to start with uh, MJ. What do you think of Kind of Forever? Oh, let's start on uh, Black Panther first. Okay. Yep. Um, interesting way to end Phase Four. Um, kind of picked up on the main theme that uh, came through from Phase 4 is adaptation not just of, you know, freestanding comic book material, but uh, adapting to all the circumstance that gets thrown your way. I mean, for most of Phase 4, mm-hmm. they're you know, having to adjust on the fly to COVID and all that stuff, you know, all the hilarity that ensued from that. But they know what kind of forever had the additional error of losing its primary star. And nobody knew how the hell they were going to handle it, and somehow they managed to pull it off fairly well. It's big, long rumination about grief, and at mm-hmm. the same time, they still had to cram in the usual MCUing of MCUing that they have to do, which at times did kind of drag it down, but overall, it's rather impressive what they uh, managed to get on the screen, as opposed to Critical Drinker, who, you know, ripped it apart because, you know, he hates anything Marvel, but <laughs> um, yeah, I, I was really impressed. I, it's Angela Bassett was her usual queen of awesome, and I really hope that she gets some proper recognition for that. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I was, that was just very impressive. It was a good way to end Phase 4 for Marvel. All right. Isaac, what'd you feel? Uh, I am also largely positive on it. Uh, it's interesting. It's kind of like a good segue because... Um, I feel a lot about it the same way with Rings of Power, or not Rings of Power, uh, House of the Dragon, where, you know, we'll, we'll get into, like, a lot of criticisms of uh, House of the Dragon, where it had, like, a lot of challenges uh, to overcome, and, and some of them it kind of stumbled, of course, but, like, it, it's, it was a situation where there was, like, no right answer. Um, there were a million ways you could have uh, tried to skin that cat, and, you know, they took risks. Uh, some of them paid off, uh, some of them didn't, and that's what kind forever was um you had uh, ryan coogler who was in a no-win situation of losing his iconic beloved lead <laughs> he had an actress who, who you know despite being the paragon of uh you know black science and excellence of black science uh, had to be lifted up uh and take on a pretty huge role to fill and had also become hated because she's an anti-vaxxer mm-hmm. <laughs> and also made it difficult. Uh, and he largely rose to those challenges. Like, there are a lot of, like, little nitpicks I have for the movie. Like, um, I, I was just talking about it with someone else before. Like, I, I think Riri Williams uh, could have been uh, done a little bit better. I think, like, it would have been more better to, like, give her, like, some sort of grief backstory so she could bond with Shuri over that and mm-hmm. connect with the larger theme of the film versus, like, hey, here's this new character who's going to get her own TV show. Uh, it does seem like she her introduction was a little bit better than um, uh, her, how Never she was yeah, America Chavez and how she was handled in the comics. Because mm-hmm. yeah, America Chavez is kind of like just sloppy and lazy. But um, 
yeah, I think he could have done a little bit more with that. Uh, but I think the fact that the, the movie manages to uh, juggle all of its own things lands on its feet, and I think it's probably the strongest, or at least the top two uh, movies of um, of uh, Phase Four. I think Spider Man still edges it out just because uh, of how much baggage it, it did and managed to sort through successfully. Uh, but Wakanda Forever managed to land out on top. Cool. Uh, my feelings were. Um... I enjoyed it quite a bit, uh, like, uh, T'Challa, like, I, I was, I've always been a Black Panther detractor, uh, I did not like the character at all, all the way leading up to this, like, he's always been kind of, like, silent black man, that's it, that's it, all you get, <laughs> and at, at least one in the, in the cartoons that I've seen, and the few comic book experience, experience, uh, experiences I've had, but I do know that, uh, he's had, like, a bigger story going on in Cox recently, um, so yeah, with his loss, like that was that was really game changing for like the world for like black people especially. It was like the first time we got to see a Harry Potter, uh, like for us, and like it's been so long, like it's kind of weird that we had to wait this long to see this, and then and then the worst thing that could possibly happen happened, and he's gone. So um, putting Shuri in the place, like I like no nobody wanted it because no one wanted to lose Chachala. no one wanted to let go of that feeling of like. Wow, he finally got like a strong black man that is great and he's a good leader. He's questioning his his ancestors. It's it's just it was so good. And um everyone wanted to keep that. And then you couldn't though. Like Ryan Googler and everybody involved, like you could tell like that was a loss of a family member and no one wants to replace that. And like it, they did it perfectly where there's lots of like uh black geek groups who are like talking about like why did they sideline all the black men? This is like you know kind of infuriating because it is a continuation of what like MCU has been doing. And it's it can be frustrating, but in this case, it made sense because like if you put any kind of re- like comforting replacement there, even if like you know a cool black dude who's you know can fill that spot, then you don't get to experience that grief and lost. And you felt that all the way through the movie, and then like the the final stinger that I won't give away that was really touching. Like Ryan Coogler says. Write this movie. We all have to go through this. But I do see you, like, both men and women should have their heroes. And I haven't forgotten about you. So it, it meant a lot to me. I liked it. But I will cri- agree with the critical drinker. The middle uh, story was quite the cobbled mess. Uh, <laughs> and I, and I guess I'm like. The, the- it was just like the MacGuffin hunt to like, oh, we got to get yeah. the vibranium detector. That, that was like the most like yeah. rogue Marvel thing. It was like, there, there's a lot of shit, you, ways you could have done that a lot better or, or exercised I, it. I think, yeah, I think that what we saw, like the reason why it was as cobbled a mess as it, it felt to end up being was like, yeah, COVID and the loss and like all that hard work they had to do to still bring a movie together. So I, I you know, I give them a pass. I felt it. It was cool. Um, so yeah, all in all, I did love it. Uh, it's just that there's some questionable moments in the middle. Like, I think Rebe almost killed or attempted to kill some cops that were just working that night. Yeah, like, it looked like, like uh, she firebombed them. Uh, I, I, yes. was like, uh, I heard different opinions online, and I'm in the the camp that she murdered them. <laughs> that there was no I, like, you know, cops jumping out of the car just in time. Yeah, you're like, okay, uh, uh, okay, all right, you know. We'll yeah, she Kristen called all those cops, man. <laughs> Kristen called. <laughs> ah, wait, I actually, don't get that reference. 
Uh, we'll, we'll get into a chart with House of the Dragon, but yeah, it, it's amazing how wanton murders just kind of pass off like, hey, here's the big hero shot. Oh. Oh, wait, uh, did we just, yeah, we just toasted about uh, six cops back there that were just yeah. blocking off the bridge. Well, going, well done, guys. Ooh, yay, get it. Like, uh, heroes. Uh, <laughs> you can do that to Hydra agents, yeah, but these people are just working that night. Uh, you know, yeah. a-, a cab. Uh, you know, uh, Ryan Coogler got a you know FD signifier video and put it in the last segment. I'm sure it was planned <laughs> from a long time, but it felt like it was like almost like a direct criticism for people who were like, "Man, they're holding up the establishment." Mm-hmm. I well, uh, I guess I have to re see that scene. But all right, let's do House of the Dragon versus uh, Rings of Power, and I want to start with like us telling each other about like um each of our entries are into the world of like high fantasy uh if i if you guys don't mind i'd like to go first uh, yeah all right yeah so uh i'd like to start off with like uh kid keith getting into fantasy and reading and um my lifelong uh stance against lord of the rings um oh. yeah yeah i was uh it's it a foolish young thing that uh, i was going through where i was like Everyone's already read Lord of the Rings. What else is there? Like, Lord of the Rings, I don't want to look at you because you're the establishment. Um, you're probably old and, like, you're probably, like, you know, the past. Since be- since you, I'm sure there's been lots of advancements in fantasy, and that's what I'm going to read. You're important because you think you are. So, I, uh, I always, like, when I went to the library, there was always the Lord of the Rings trilogy, and I, like, grabbed every book series around it. Um... Uh, Chronicles of Prydane was my Lord of the Rings back in the day, which um, a lot of people know as uh, Black Cauldron, and that went into D and D books and whatnot. So, e- leading up to the release of the movies, I was still anti Lord of the Rings, where I was like uh, into the D and D movie coming out. I was following all the news coming out. I was championing it. I was like, "Yeah, I'm sure Lord of the Rings will be good, but D and D is unfettered, and it's going to be amazing." And turned out to be one of the worst movies of all time and uh, worst movie experiences of all time. And then, like, I just, you know, grudgingly was like, fine, let's. Fine. Wait, one of the worst movie experiences ever? You've obviously never seen Wing Commander in the theater. I did. (laughs) That was was one of the most forgettable. God, that was sad. No, that Um, was painful. Yeah. We're out there with Battlefield Earth, but anyway. (laughs) Battlefield Earth, at least, is fun, stupid. Like, I can't remember anything but World War One looking airplanes in Wing Commander. I God, that was terrible. Um, but yeah, Dungeons Dragons uh, was a, a massive car crash of, of, of nightmarish proportions. Uh, fun to look back on, though. And then, like, I'm like grudgingly, I sit down. Okay, Lord of the Rings. Let's see what you got. And like, it was like um, opening the Ark of the Covenant. And I was like, <gasps> like the opening, just the the. The, I think we it's just the, the the opening dialogue, or I think the opening shot was like seeing Frodo and the the Glade reading a book, and I was like, "Oh my god, what's going on here? What's going on here?" And like it just sucked out my eyeballs, and like I got blasted through that story, and just like I had never experienced it before, like a movie before like that. Um, I had experienced like I never thought it would happen, where the holy what we call the holy trilogy, the original Star Wars trilogy, it got topped. We we talked all, all our lives like it's not going to get topped. Oh, well, can, can I interject something? I'm kind of curious yeah. in that line. Um, I, I'm sure you've seen Clerks too, right? Yes. 
So what do you? Obviously, Kevin Smith is biased, uh, is extremely biased, and I feel like that scene is aged incredibly poorly uh, because there's still like more hours of good Lord of the Rings content than there is hours of Star Wars content. I mm-hmm. think. Uh, well, I mean, the cartoons make it a little bit more difficult to gauge that, but I'd still say even with the Hobbit trilogy, there's more better good Lord of the Rings than there is of uh, Star Wars. So how do you think that classic discussion where Jay like shits on Lord of the Rings uh, <laughs> holds up? Um, when you I was Randall, in, yeah, R- R- Randall. Sorry, oh, to yeah, me, James Randall always kind of felt felt the same. Had like hmm. the, the same character voice. But uh, go, go on. Uh, yeah. When I saw that in the theater, like if there was like if, if I was a TV show and the camera was next to me, I would have like looked into the camera because <laughs> like he's just saying that to say it. Like he <laughs> that it, it looks like it. I I feel like that was like the illusion of like what a nerd conversation might look like, but it's not real. Like, I don't think he even thinks that. And like, yeah, like star Wars, like is the shoulders that everyone's standing upon. But like, after like, I got out of theater, I called up all of my friends. I was like, "Ah, it it happened guys. It it happened. Star Wars got topped. It got topped. So yeah, Lord of the Rings uh, was a journey of me denying it. Like all my life until that first movie. And then like, I think I, I picked up a book. I was like, Holy shit. He hasn't been topped. Like, I, you know, I, I always figure, like, you know, the, the progress of humanity, like, sure, you know, old man, you know, you, you did the, the work to get us here, but surely someone has done better than you. But, like, when I read, like, the first, like, pages of it, I was like, it's like this actually happened. Like, so, yeah, that's my journey of uh, fantasy that has brought me to being able to uh, watch uh, Rings of Power versus uh, House of the Dragon and just kind of see, like, the progress of what fantasy has finally become. So, MJ, what's your past with fantasy? Uh, my past with fantasy is not, hasn't always been with books. In fact, uh, I didn't read The Hobbit until I was uh, 30. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, my, my introduction, uh, introduction to fantasy was mainly through film. And uh, I actually saw the animated Hobbit movie when I was 10 years old, when they'd always show it the Friday oh. after Thanksgiving. <laughs> and scaring the living shit out of me and my sister and my cousins, because there are parts of that anime movie that are like Jesus Christ, like when I, the goblins I, first get them. Yeah, I, I skipped that out. part, and I loved that those movies. I used to play um, Lord of the Rings as a kid. Uh, just denied the books. Yeah, I, I still haven't seen the animated Lord of the Rings duology yet. I keep meaning to watch that, but uh, oh, wait, uh, that's you, not what you're just talking about. Well, no, just the first Hobbit movie because they made the Hobbit, then they did the, the, the ah. Lord of the Rings duology. Gotcha, gotcha. And I still haven't seen the uh, animated Lord of the Rings duology, but uh, just various fantasy movies over the years. Like, yeah, the other movie's cool. But yeah, I was kind of the same way. I came into uh, Lord of the Rings movie cold, and all my friends were excited about it, and I was like, this looks kind of cool. And, you know, I was kind of the same state at the beginning of the movie. I'm like, this is going to be freaking awesome, isn't it? Oh, shit, it's freaking awesome. Hold on. So yeah, I, I was first in line for seeing each one each one of those movies when they came out. Subsequently, after that, um, except for the Hobbit movies, I held off on seeing those until about six months ago because I didn't think a single child's book should be stretched out into an overlong trilogy. And watching him prove that point, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so everybody is so upset about Rings of Power has obviously not put up with the last two movies of that Hobbit trilogy. Um, I did so. And yeah. it, it, it's it's like the sequels did to the prequels. Now the Hobbit trilogy looks a little better <laughs> for me. 
I was kind of leaning towards that analogy too, but I was like, uh, oh, I, 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 I don't want to string up rings of power that bad, but I always <laughs> hate that. I always hate when fiction does that. Like I, <laughs> I like my hierarchy as it is. And like, I remember like, and like, we'll never do worse than the prequels. You stay where you are. And then like, just, I come back. Oh, I'm so sorry. Prequels. I'm so sorry. Here's a sequel. They fly now. Sorry, I had to interject that. <laughs> everyone's, favorite, everyone's favorite bit of uh, Star Wars comedy banter. God bless you, Rise of Skywalker, for finally admitting you guys shit the bed. So that's, that's Rise of Skywalker, you're okay with me. But, uh, oh, yeah, and then yeah, and, and I still haven't really I still haven't read the Lord of the Rings books. I keep meaning to, but uh, yeah, after reading uh, the Fellowship of the Ring the first time and getting about seven pages into Token describing how Silk and the elven hair was when they were stuck in the forest. I just quit. Yeah, so I, keep mean, I keep meaning to get back to the uh, the original I'll, books. I only got through the first one, and it was like, yeah, my main complaint, like, okay, like he is he is one of the greats of all time, but pacing a story was not his strong suit. Uh, creating a freaking universe that lives in my head, like uh, unmatched. Oh, oh man, no Tom Bombadil fans here. Uh, I liked him in the book, I think. I don't know. He's like the ultimate unnecessary, uh, you know, element that didn't even make it into the um, what you call it. Uh, Return of the King. Yeah, the, it, no, any of the movies. Uh, Tom Bombadil. He, he's, he's he like, showed up in the Hobbit trilogy. Did he? I thought he was. Bird poop. I thought he was only. Uh, oh no, that's Raggedass. The don't get oh. Tom Bombadil confused with um, Raggedass the Brown. Tom oh Bob- shit! I did for years now until now. Yeah, Radigan. Yeah, he the- he was one of the wizards that were sent along with Gandalf to uh, stop Sauron. Uh, Sar- uh, Gandalf and Saruman. I thought they were trying to do a backdoor. Sorry about leaving him out. Here he is now. But that was Radigast. Yeah, never mind. Okay. I don't know if he's a wizard, though. I think he's just a bard. But I just remember there was like 30, 40 pages of him just singing before the hobbits left the Shire. Oh my god, years passed before, like, uh, yeah, Gandalf goes off to do some research for years, and there's, like, years of conversation of, like, taking baths and having dinners and, like, singing and stuff, so, yeah, the his pacing was not the greatest in the universe, but, yeah, his world construction is still unmatched by everybody. I think. At some point, I'll actually read the Song of Ice and Fire books, but I just still haven't gotten around to it, so I watched the entirety series. Entirety of the Game of Thrones series, even the god awful last two seasons. So I, I was also appropriately uh, pessimistic about House of the Dragon when that came out. So mm-hmm. Rings of Power and House of the Dragon, they didn't, they weren't starting off on the right foot with me. But uh, interesting where they ended up. Indeed. All right, Isaac, what's your uh, pass with uh, fantasy? Um, I've ne- honestly, my heart always leans towards sci-fi. I just like the aesthetic of sci-fi better. Uh, but I- I've grown to appreciate a greater appreciation of sci- fantasy, uh, just because it's so ubiquitous and so many varied forms, but I would not call myself the biggest fantasy fan. I am a fantasy enjoyer. So my, my, uh, background with Lord of the Rings was in high school. I kept on like seeing online and movie forums, like ain't it cool news, all hyping it up in the one ring.net, um, talking about the upcoming Lord of the Rings adaptation and, you know, all the behind the scenes, the, their, their yep. 
have armor smiths who are sitting around 24 hours a day building armor and cha- linking the chainmail for these uh, sets and it built the entire uh, film industry in New Zealand. So it, it felt like something was different about this one. Something was special. So I, I read all the books in preparation because you know I wanted to get in on the ground floor. Uh, definitely enjoyed them and the, the movies surpassed the expectation and it was so satisfying to see them become a huge cultural phenomenon. And honestly, I think uh, they're entirely um, responsible for elevating fantasy to its higher cultural pantheon right now because fantasy was always kind of like discount bargain basement. It never really made a lot of money. Um, it was just something that was like thrown at, uh, you know, channel 11 at like, um, you know, uh, two o'clock in the Hercules oh, yeah. and Xena power hour. And it was something that <laughs> was, was like- Willow or legend or any of those from the early eighties. Yep. Cause those made bank. Well, did they make bank? They felt like still like, you know, slightly classier B movies. I feel like they never, you know, fantasy was always in the cultural ghetto as far as blockbuster entertainment went. For the most part. Uh, I remember at least uh, that's how I saw it. Um, that uh, fantasy stuff was only stuff I liked. Like, but I can, I could barely get anyone else to watch it. And I appreciate all my low, low rung stuff uh, for just so I can have anything. Yeah, it was always just like a very specific set of nerddom. It wasn't, uh, and you're you're right. Um, Lord of the Rings w- became like a Star Wars moment, uh, where it just became mm-hmm. embraced. Uh, you know, those movies still hold up. Uh, they still have these great scores, uh, and you know, they they, they become uh, classics. Where even you know some of the poorly aged CGI still looks uh, very amazing. Like I was uh, um, a few weeks ago, I had the Battle of Helm's Deep playing, and it's like, oh god, this is so good with the all the orcs in costume and the, the shaking of the spears and the the torrential downpour oh it's just such a brilliantly well staged battle that has like this wonderful flow of ebb and beats of like ah we're holding the line but then what you call it enters a new stage as the bomb guy destroys the wall and we have to fall back and each bit we're giving up a, a piece of ground I'll never forget the moment where I said this is the greatest movie I've ever seen because uh, it was the uh, scene where Saruman is like uh, confronting Gandalf, and Gandalf is getting spun around the the, the room and lifted up to the darkness. And I was like, <gasps> like my it just my brain just exploded. I was like, I didn't know this is going to ever happen in my you, life. Did like, you ha- have yeah. a f- favorite one of the trilogy? Uh, anyone? Fellowship all the way. Uh, really. Yeah, that that is uh, the one that also the actor who plays Aragon loves the most as well. We love it for the same reasons. I like I went all into uh, like just hours of watching all the the special features and like all the different layers of commentary. There's like actor commentary, writer, director, producers. Yeah, I was I just I that that it just is amazing. Um, so yeah, the Fellowship of the Ring is my favorite easily because it's all about friendship. Like the core thing about that is like friends becoming friends sticking together loving each other taking care of each other and, and trying to save each other like, uh, that's an interesting it. considering that the fellowship breaks up uh you, you yep. know by the end of the first movie so, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but i guess they do kind of power through with all their separate groups yep built up through the friendships they made at the start like ah yeah kills me um so uh, you, I think, Isaac, you have, like, some things to, like, hit upon where we're going to, <laughs> um, compare. Okay, so, oh boy, oh boy. I have random, random, uh, random notes, so, 
No, um, all right. If you I'll... want to use these as the basis of our conversation, um, okay. So let, let let's start um, uh, with the basic, uh, like a uh, you know let let's let's talk about the elephant in the room. I, I think we're all ha- ha- oh. hot D, right? Oh hell yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, unexpectedly, Hot D won this discussion. So I think the interesting thing to start this off with uh, would be Blacks versus Greens, Team Allison versus Reyna. Keith, you seem to have like this. Wait, Reyna or Rhaenyra? Rhaenyra. Uh, my apologies if I do it uh, wrong. Oh man, I I can barely keep those names straight. But yeah, Rhaenyra. <laughs> hey, know your aegons from your aemons, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, would, if it make it easier, since you call Viserys Vizzy T, would it make it easier for you to call her Ray Ray? Okay. I just call, I, I always say Ray. I always, I always type Ray because I don't know the last several letters in which combination are going to be. Well, if you start calling her Ray, then you kind of leak over into Star Wars territory, and we know how much that you love that. So, yeah, <laughs> well, he keeps everything. Anyway, but um, yeah, are we we're going on uh, Allison versus Rhaenyra? Yeah, because I'm curious. Because uh, Keith, you you seem to have a contrarian streak in you. Like you, you avoided Lord of the Rings. You're still on Team Xbox, despite the, how much they fucked Halo over. Oh and, and the fact that like apparently PS5 has a, a masterpiece in God of War. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe that's why you haven't been console posting as much. Uh, but <laughs> so obviously, Team Allison is being set up for the bad guys. Why are you Team Allison? Um, first, I stopped uh, doing console stuff because people on my wall still take it very seriously, <laughs> like shockingly so. Like I thought, like it was over and it's all just jokes now. But like when I posted, we were just getting fucking mad, and like one person was like, "I just don't deal with that stuff anymore." So I stopped. I was like, "Okay, I don't want to play anymore." Um, I don't. I'm not being contrarian about the Allison versus Rain era. Um, it like Allison herself has been uh, on the side of honor. Uh, she's been doing what she does through duty uh and a lot of it it comes from not because of like entitled birthright but like the fear of uh damon and what he would become if he like ruled the land like everything they're doing all of her sacrifice that she's gone through is to protect the realm not because she wants to become powerful um she also ends up with viserys um uh, it's it's a it's a slight manipulation but they do love each other like it's not like the healthy love of like, you know, people who are around the same age that should develop like, but like, she does know he's a good man. She does care for him. And yeah, unfortunately for her, she like stays, she stays faithful to him. I have to honor like that. She went through all this, not for herself, not because she was entitled, not because she wanted to to rule, but to protect others versus Ray who, um, doesn't want it. Doesn't, didn't seem to care. Uh, seems to want it because it's her entitled birthright. Uh, all the way through it, she keeps lying to people that get people killed uh, so that she can do whatever she wants. Uh, and then, like, also through that, doing what she wants, like, uh, yeah, just death and destruction has been... And then all then t- she falls in love with, like, the worst guy that we're trying to protect the realm from. Uh, the, the only saving grace for her is that her children are the good guys versus Allison, who raises bad guys. So it's just an amazing dynamic that I watch happen. So um, I'm mostly Team Allison, but her children should lose. And Reyna's <laughs> bad, but her children should win. That's an, I've never seen anyone like make that comparison. But that, that, that's a uh, that's a that's probably the best defense I've ever heard of Allison. I've seen Allison in all the hot take arena. But I, I, oh, I like one it. last thing. One last thing. 
Oh, sorry. One last, sorry, I didn't make you off, cut you off. But one last thing about that is like, um, it's just all in the story. Like it's all right there. But I, I watched a video about how the reason why people are so Rainier's uh, on her side is because of the framing of the story and the lighting they should use. Like we're shown that she is the protagonist. People default to protagonist. And also she's also given lots of bright lighting and the feel of a good guy, but she does lots of selfish destructive things. That's what makes this debate so interesting. And I think what makes it so juicy is that like, I think there is nuance on both sides. Um, because uh, what you call Allison, you know, the criticism of Allison is that she she's just enabling the status quo. She's not bringing about uh, yeah. feminism. She's uh, you know just supporting and enabling the worst aspects of her life. But uh, she's enabling the patriarchy. Like, <laughs> no, please stop, stop that. <laughs> But uh, you're you're right. She's honored, bound, and duty. She she takes her shit seriously. Um, she believes in the traditions and customs of this world, and she's good to Viserys. And Viserys tries to be as good as her. There's that one scene that kind of like where you know Viserys commands her to have sex, and that's supposed to sort of like uh, kind of show her. You know, she's in this gilded cage, forced to produce heirs. Although I, my defense of Vizzy T, since as you know I'm a, a big Vizzy T stan, is that mm-hmm. if she told him that she didn't want to have sex that night, or gave him a better idea of how to have a more pleasurable experience despite his decaying body, I think Vizzy T would oblige her. He, he, he's not the kind of guy who wants to force himself on people. And if you just, if you just tell him, he's a nice enough guy that he would accommodate it. Yeah, like Vizzy uh, uh, T. So um, I just wanted to also get into like the, the reception, the, the, what we thought we were going to be getting. Because uh, like... Um, I'm I'm now way too used to like all white men are evil, dumb and bad. LOL. Like and and suck it and and watch it. And it's like, oh god, I don't want this to happen again. And like the, uh, I feel like the advertising of House of Dragon was saying this is about to happen again, Keith. LOL. And I was bracing myself. And like when Viserys came on screen, I was like, okay, how dumb are you? And like as it slowly unfolded, I was like, I like him. Wait smart things what's 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 going on here like i was i was confused because like i actually thought i think i'm pretty sure i even told a friend like ah, i'm not a fan of house of dragon all they're gonna do is uh rainier's is gonna be the best person ever she's gonna get everything so whatever they just the same thing we always seen and like there was like a showdown of damon on the bridge with a uh, um Prince, Prince. Uh, Otto. oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and Kristen was there my, my boy Kristen cole <laughs> Um, <laughs> that that showdown right there made me go, wait, what the, f- wait, wait, what's going on here? And like, I turned to my computer. I was like, wait, who's who's creating this? Something's going on here. This, this is they actually care. This is good. So yeah, busy T. Sorry, I, I just want to say like he was like my first like okay, this is guy, this guy's gonna suck. And then dude rose up. He he's gonna he deserves an Emmy by far. So yeah, what an experience. It's like what's really interesting to me uh, is like um. You know, uh, there is a feminist message in here, but why this works mm-hmm. so much better than Rings of Power and just about most of the other shit is that the world doesn't bend over backwards to accommodate it. It doesn't break the rules of the world to get that mm-hmm. feminist message over. There are consequences for Renea's actions, or Princess Ray Ray's actions, and there are consequences for Allison's actions. So, mm-hmm. you know, Renero's like, oh, yeah, I, I want to just be... Um, 
you know, free spirit. Fancy free. Yeah, exactly. Fancy free. I want to have sex with the sexy king's guard, and, and you know that becomes one of her worst political decisions because <laughs> you know she doesn't realize her status that she she can like bend rules, but he cannot. And he's like this lowborn guy. And this is an era where the being a king's guard is a high honor. It's like one of the best things you could oh, uh, yeah. you can expect to um, achieve if you don't have like a named status. And he's like, fuck, I, I ruined everything. I, I yeah. broke my vows of chastity, and he tries to do a saving throw. Can't can we just go off the pentos? Can, can <laughs> saving, <we>? throw. <laughs> saving throw, <laughs> saving throw, saving throw versus valor. Yeah, saving throw versus the story. Valor. <laughs> Come with me, please. Help, help me. <laughs> I, I'm a good person. I, I, I want to live a good life. Just it's what you want, right? Too. And she, Ray, Ray's like, this is happening, Kristen. This is happening. You gotta get used to this, dude. I, I, this is not going on to happen. Yeah, I, I had my fancy frolics. He's like, bitch, you can afford fancy frolics. I, I can't. And he's, he's like ready to freaking gut himself for it. Uh, because this is an era where I should- love him so much. <laughs> Like I, I not he is not right in like what he's uh, gone on to just sinking into hatred. But when they when like a meme called him like ever since the first episode he's become a professional hater. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I have been like in love with him ever since. Like he's always just in the background is simmering and just can't wait to like punch somebody. He, he cracks me up. So anyway, yeah. yeah. Even though he can get away with straight up murder, but um, yeah. But yeah, I mean the the biggest thing about the whole Allison versus Rhaenyra thing is it's it's there's like you were pointing out Isaac, there's so much nuance to it, not just with you know who the characters have evolved to become over the course of the first season, but just you know the groups that they have around them, the Blacks versus the Greens. When you talk about the groups, Blacks versus the Greens, the Greens are shitheads. They're just straight up shitheads. I mean, yeah, they are carrying on the patriarchy, but they are doing it in the most underhanded ways possible, left, right, and underhand. I mean, all of Otto's machinations getting Alice in that position to, you know, have a seriousness, grief, go, well, if I have to remarry, I'll happily remarry the woman that's made me feel somewhat human for the last six months, so Mm -hmm. hooray. And the blacks, I I hate to say it, are kind of in the right, because, you know, they were supposed to inherit it per the system that was in place. Osiris had made Rhaenyra the heir, despite, you know, how morally questionable she may have been through the way she grew up, and to be a fair to Rhaenyra, she did have a bit of a twisted upbringing. I mean, she was, you know, hormonally overdriven and just like all teenagers are and going, oh, look, I went to being the daughter that my dad mostly ignored to being heir to the entire fucking kingdom. Shit. <laughs> and yeah, she did grow up to have a relationship with Cole and, you know, when Damon hit the old, hey, do you want to be horny? Here's your hormone button. Mm-hmm. And she you know, she was going to pacify that on someone. Unfortunately, it was Cole, and that all spiraled out the way it was. But I'm kind of with uh, Keith on the whole Team Allison versus Rhaenyra thing, because Allison has kind of, for the most part, stood up to be the most consistent between the two. Rhaenyra has been a little too prone to her own um, proclivities and to the aforementioned hormones. But, you know, you do see later on in the season where Allison's starting to finally crack and, like, you know what, motherfuckers? I've been as good as much as possible for as long as possible. Don't fucking push me anymore. Oh, you're gonna take my son's eye and my husband's just gonna say, oh, it's my daughter's kids. It's okay. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm taking your son's ki- your son's fucking eyes. I mean, just it, that's the biggest thing about you know the drama of Hot D versus Rings of Power. You actually 
learn the characters. You get to care about the characters, and you know you start to see the slipping and the strip building up and left to right, and it's actually engrossing versus Rings of Power. It's like here are events. Be happy I'll, we're showing you events. I'll say uh, on events, that's a main thing I was going to say about Hot D versus ROP, um, which is the events in uh, Hot D like uh, start and close quite fast or a great clip and like real consequences and evolution continues to happen. Like every episode had all the revelations of like um, rings of powers finale. Like every episode could have been a finale had big outcomes. Uh, Like uh, there's like a show called comrade build uh, that was, uh, we, we reviewed a long time ago. And the thing we loved about it and we were like shocked was like, it did the whole thing where like it show, it starts like all these wild big mystery boxes of wait who are you why do you look like that guy and uh wait why is there Mars involved and then like in like within three to five episodes you're like oh we got an answer already holy shit and then you'd think that was gonna like last the entire series but they kept on answering questions and here like yeah like so what does happen once they do this what happens and they and in uh, rings house of hot D we kept on getting the answers and it felt great. Like we spent an entire season trying to find out that Gandalf is Gandalf in rings of power. Oh can, can I, uh, not that that was that hard to figure out, but and even <laughs> once you found out what did, what did it do? Nothing. Yeah. We just know it's him. Th- that's another like thing I had on my list that the mystery box and Keith, you're a hundred percent right. Like uh house of the dragon kept on building on its narrative foundation while, you know, house of the or rings of power was like these two guys who worked at the JJ Abrams and they were learned all the fucking worst lessons from him. It's mm-hmm. like, who's Sauron? Who could Sauron be? Is this Sauron? Ooh, is it the androgynous Eminem girl? Is it not Aragorn? You don't think we would do that because, uh, you know, that'd be, pretty stupid (laughs) okay yeah for me um i definitely did not suspect that halbrand was sauron because it makes no sense whatsoever it's not cool wouldn't pay off until like like maybe three four episodes in of all the reviews i keep on seeing everybody's it's Sauron, guys it's on i'm like because everybody was screaming it i i I could start to see it but it, it made no sense god it's a reveal that just feels so stupid after you set so much time setting up uh, up as like discount Aragorn and how much rings of power just like it's interesting because I was having a discussion with my dad who I was watching uh, Hot D with and he's like ah this is just the same shit of Game of Thrones and I'm like "Eh, yeah it's Mm -hmm. the shit people liked and uh, yeah uh, (laughs) it it, it has enough interesting details to be engrossing uh, even if it is fundamentally kind of the same thing versus uh, rings of power where it just feels like a really discount imitation of shit you loved so you know you, you've got like the you know he, he's like aragorn oh he's the king of the southlands and he's a reluctant leader and he's kind of a cool suave guy and he's gonna go back and reclaim his people and they even have their own little uh mount uh or battle of helms deep moment with the southland villagers against adar and the orcs uh and, which felt like just by how poorly composed that episode was <laughs> Oof. Yeah, and then they're also like uh I guess like there's like the the female uh empowerment angle which in House of the Dragon fantastic. I've seen some of the greatest characters that'll carry me throughout all life. Uh House Rings of Power, they bend the entire narrative to make sure you only see her as the important cool one. Like I I made a post about this where uh the black dude elf like freaking 
takes down a tower, slaughters a bunch of elves, uh, orcs, and fights hard and like throughout the entire battle. And then Gladriel shows up, and it's his uh, lady friend that Gladriel goes, "I see you did all this." I'm like, "What the guys? Please, just like, just let the two like you can let the characters both be cool. You can have switching out and 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 just do it like how normal people are." Um, and then like. Uh, it, it gets to a point where, like, uh, apparently the that there's like the cool bearded guy with the awesome sword that follows Gladriel, who's the father of uh, Isildur. Elendil. Yeah, Elendil. Like, I, 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 I tripped over his lore. I was like, <gasps> what? That's him? Why are they doing? Oh, that's why they're doing it because they got they, 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 yeah, they have weird politics and how they do their fiction to make sure certain people look cool and other people don't. I, I don't like that. See, I rewatched, and, and you know, I, I mentioned that I rewatched all of both series in the last couple of weeks leading up to the episode, and I did rewatch particularly that Battle of the Southlands episode. And I remember you saying how it seemed like they were kind of taking away the victories from Irondir for uh, what he did, and I don't know. It was a little more low key. It's it almost made it seem like it made it like he was uh, kowtowing to just no. Bronwyn led her people and. She I'm did her thing, and then the, and the queen was acknowledging Bronwyn for it, and like, okay, Rondir, you can take some credit, man. You, the writers, you can let Rondir take some credit for, you know, yeah, doing his thing for helping make sure that, you know, the people of the Southlands didn't get their asses entirely kicked to actually survive long enough for the Numenorians to show up. It seemed so, like he was doing the, like, all the scenes he was doing, all the heavy fighting lifting, and everyone else was just yeah. kind of like, you know, mooks uh, fighting other mooks. Yep. And, yeah, it's yeah, they they try so hard to make one gender look good, which, um, like from a business standpoint, I I, I don't I understand it because like uh, I was saying like why are they they like you know like when they were promoting Wheel of Time, they kept on saying female centric, and I was like, wait, why are you doing that? Like, is the they already have male and good female characters are just making it good, and then my friend said to me, you you're wondering why they said that, Keith? Are you really? Because like <laughs> as a result, like. I think one of my friend's wives were like, because they 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 did the hyper focus on strong woman for the first time ever. Like a wife was like, "Wait, what's going on over here?" And if you don't do that, then you don't get the biggest demographic that exists. But uh, House of the Dragon did that and did get both demographics. But once they started the story, everybody's just a character. So yeah, like they 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 went too hard on it in the story. But I guess you like how you're trying to bring in people who might, might normally not care. Yeah, it's, it's so interesting how, like, you know, all the kind of, like, progressive people, like, kind of, like, take the wrong lessons about, like, these sort of male-focused genres mm-hmm. of, like, why we like these characters and what works. Like, uh, the fact that they have to make difficult choices is what makes, like, uh, the House of the Dragon so f- interesting and engaging. The fact that, um, you know, Rhaenyra has these character flaws uh, that, like, uh, you know, she has these bastard children, and, and it makes perfect sense of why Allison is like, you know, fuck you. Uh, you know, I'm, you know, uh, trying to keep, uh, I'm, you know, furthering the line of succession. Y- you go in the, the woods to get killed by a boar. You, you screw the King's Guard. You have these bastard children that are clearly bastards. Uh, and then you keep lying about it, too. <laughs> and getting away with yeah. it. Like, poor Allison. I, I, I feel for her. So she, she, she's going through. She's going Stop through. Stop gaslighting me, you entitled SOB. Like, we, we, we mm-hmm. We all, we all in high school or college 
college or community college or workplace, you always have that like pretty one or the, the person who, who just like the rules don't apply to. And you just kind of like, oh, yeah. you always have a very special hatred for them. Mm. <laughs> it, it, it's very human. It's even worse when it was your former best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The unfortunate circumstances put it, and that's another really interesting thing. In the oh god, that is another thing. Like, I'm not the biggest Tolkien scholar, but like, even like watching some scenes, I was kind of like, this doesn't feel right. When the fuck did Mithril become like the star of Elendir that like the elves need to keep their immortality and preserve their life? It wasn't it just like a it's the unobtainium of Middle Earth. Come on, man. <laughs> so to step the bat for that, uh, sort of. <laughs> I wanted to step back for Rings of Power for uh, all their fucking up because, uh, in a way, I wanted this. Is, uh, I'll, I'll say like uh, in a way, it's kind of what I I, I kind of want. Um, it's like uh, my my problem with the original Lord of the Rings, where everything's kind of locked into this um, storyline that everyone's known for decades and like a century now. Uh, yeah, so like it's so locked down and. I did like the idea of maybe just doing ring, uh, Lord of the Rings fan fiction where all bets are off. You don't know what's going to happen. And I would be cool with that. And if they had just like, you know, promoted themselves as that, um, and maybe like said, look, no guys, we're, we're not going to hit that group, but we're going to do a remix and have fun with it. So you don't know who's going to show up or who might die. And they're all bets are off. And that could have been fun, but instead they, you know, they, they, they asked for all the smoke. Like, they said, we're authentic. We got the, the scholars here. We got <laughs> experts. And, like, we're the real deal. If you don't like us, you're a racist. Woo! Here, here's here's a funny thing. Here's a funny thing. They actually did hire a token scholar for developing the show, but then he left yep. halfway through production. That, that was when <laughs> yep. you, you saw smoke was in the fire. That was like uh, Henry Cavill getting the hell out of the, the Witcher show. Um, and that's the, if they're gonna say outright that uh, see if they said that it was gonna be a remix of token mythology, mm-hmm. I wouldn't have watched it because I mean oh. nobody. Yeah, it, because you got established lore. You got established lore from the books. You got established lore from six movies already. Why? Okay, you're gonna remix it. Why don't you just make an entirely new property at that point? Exactly. I mean, yeah, it'll yeah. be obvious nods to your source material, what inspired you, but make it something else. Don't be so hard to go. This is all token. This is all token. All the token fans are gonna love it. Like, no, mm-hmm. no, we're not. Yeah, I, 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 the idea to me of like, I like the idea of remix, but then there also people are just like, look, just make your own thing. And if, if, if the remixing that you might end up doing could just be disrespectful to why everyone's here in the first place like yeah so that's what ended up happening yeah it was, re- and it was so much contrivances and i mean it's like okay sealdor he's dead or is he uh, we, anybody who saw the beginning of fellowship of the ring knows that he lives so why are you pulling this stupid shit <laughs> yeah oh and then also the, the fun of um race mixing uh so like they both like uh fan baited um but uh quickly like no one gave a shit when it came to house of dragon because they did such a great story of making everyone characters versus house rings of power who did not make great characters except for 
the the uh, black dwarf wife. Yeah, she, she, even the chud she's so good. She she, she was really yep. sweet. Um, I, I was amazed at how quickly they uh, she went won people over, even though they were mocking her Me as the too. Dorito queen. I was waiting they, for like they, they were my favorite character. Durin and Disa were my favorites at Rings of Power. And Arondir, I really liked him too. I just I, I also find it interesting. You know, you remember that line from the Two Towers when Gimli's going on about how all the dwarven women have just. <sighs> Much or just as hairy and long facial hair as uh, the men, hairy and you women. see all the women in uh, cause of doom and all clean shaven or yeah. all barefaced. It's like, yeah. what are y'all shaving with mithril razors now? <laughs> what the hell's going on? Yeah. I mean, we're doing a remake. It doesn't matter. Watch that episode. It's like, do any of the dwarven women have any facial hair? Not a single one. That, that was a missed. That was a missed opportunity because they could have like ran. You know, oh, we're blending sexuality and it's lore accurate. Yeah, take that. Ooh, uh, what you call it? Uh, what's the thing that everyone loves? Um, non-binary. Yeah, non-binary dwarven oh, women. Yeah. <laughs> that is a tricky yeah, they, issue. They just believed in uh, railings. You ever noticed in any of the dwarven cities, there's not a single railing to be seen in any fucking walkway oh, or oh. any of those floors? That is the None. one credit I think we should give them. Um, they corrected the thing that got lost in the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, where they first go into uh, was it Zahodum or something like that? The 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 dwarf city in the first one, Azadum. Yeah, like you know, uh, then. Um, uh, Gandalf, like he lights up the place, and it's only just stone pillars. That's all it is, and like it's like all this music is like, oh wow, and you're like, there's nothing here. It's just stone pillars. Like I, they're really impressive, but they're just stone pillars. And like I'm pretty sure that they ran out of time to make it into a real city, and um, it was kind of sad when like you know they walk into Elf, the Dwarven City, and they legit did it. Like it, it, oh yeah, I was kind of wondered what would it look like in in, in you know really look like. And like, I think it's like one of the first times in like outside of a video game we get to see a dwarf city that looks like it would work, and like how sunlight would get in, and water, and vegetation. And I that one shot was so good, and I didn't feel much. I I felt bad, bad because like I I felt bad because uh, Rings of Power. I do see like so much production effort, so much, and they're they and it's beautiful, and they're trying hard, and. I wanted to feel something and I didn't. But like, yeah, they see at least they got right, but man, I don't know why I'm not I didn't feel anything. Yeah, that sixty million an episode had to go somewhere, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, it went to the effort, man. Like we they like the, the went production, all the production deserve, design and the costuming and all that. Yeah. They deserve so much credit. Oh, uh, it did have some so, so hopefully they won an Emmy for production design. Mm, okay. Yeah. It'll be like one one consolation. But one thing that was interesting, I think the critical drinker pointed out that it was like astute is that um Rings of Power did this weird colorblind casting, but the dis- huge disadvantage of that is that all the different cultures and peoples felt homogenous. Like the Southland people yeah. felt exactly the same as the Numenorians. Uh, they did this weird thing where like even people who were like supposed to be familial related were like different races. <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, but they cover that up by saying that they were uh, stepdaughters, or stepmothers, or stepfathers. I, I did notice that with the Harfoot stuff. Oh, okay. I missed that entirely. Ah, yep. okay. interesting. Yeah. yeah, that's that's how they try to cover that little messed up. Because I'd, I'd seen that complaint running around the internet too. Like, uh, did any of you actually watch the show or listen to what they were saying? Tried but, to. 
Yeah, I, I know. It was really hard to stay awake the first four episodes of Rings of Power. That's yeah. for damn sure. I, I, I had to stop and restart each one of those multiple times. Yeah, like I, I so many times I would pause and just drift to doing something else, and then like my pause would last so long that like my shield would go into sleep mode. And I'm like, ah, gotta keep watching, gotta keep watching. Versus like the, the uh, pacing, it's like it's like they were directed by the Ents. Like, <laughs> yeah, what the hell is going on? And House of Dragon, like man, I did not lose attention. I was just—it was like so much dialogue, and I'm still just—I was just all in. And the other thing about House of the Dragon that I love so much is, in addition to the nuance I mentioned before, is just how much a lot of the scenes were just based on the looks. Each of the a lot of the best scenes were there was no dialogue whatsoever. It was just the camera going from character to character, and the looks they were giving each other, and the panning across the room, and everything that was going on is like. How can much so uh, uh, the Rings of Power wish they could say that much by saying nothing? <laughs> yeah, there are a lot. All right, so we're we we're we rapid firing shooting. Uh, like, uh, is there like a structure thing that we're supposed to be addressing right now? Uh, I think we're just kind of uh, hitting the points as we yeah, go along. Exactly. Okay. I, I, like, I like organic okay. flow to conversation. I'd, so, All right. uh, no, that that's a, also another good point because, like, uh, uh, what you call it, House of the Dragon is really well directed. There are like all these like great subtle scenes. Oh, yeah. Like, um, one of my favorites is like I think the third episode where Viserys is on the hunt and, and he's just like having uh, this screaming match with uh, with uh, Rhaenyra about like I, I am drowning in in, in, in yeah. uh, ink for people who want your sealed parchment. In, yeah. in sealed parchment, and then you just see everyone looking at him awkwardly, and it, it's like it was like the perfect like office vibe when you see like you know the boss fighting with someone <laughs> under him and it just really awkward. and auto shows up and says dude um, and he's uh, like, oh, oh, yeah, 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 sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, like, great scenes of, like, uh, or, you know, the wedding scene of all the different little parties, like, having the different reactions to each other. And that is my favorite episode of the entire first season. I, I just I just love all the comings and goings. And then when Allison shows up in the green dress and everybody just stops mm-hmm. in their tracks, like, oh, shit, it just got real. And that's because nobody was saying anything until the strong boys were like, you know what color it is that they run on the high tower when the colored banners to war, right? Green. Yeah, that was it's cool. Like, yes. <laughs> um. Oh, with the race mixing, uh, in House of Dragon, they do section it in certain like um, families and whatnot, so that it doesn't feel as just completely mixed. It it works, and um, I, I also wanted to go into the comparison of the creators, uh, where yeah, uh, Rings of Power came from. Uh, J.J. Abrams' House of Mystery Boxes, and uh, Ryan Condal uh, is the new hero on the block, and he did an incredible journey where uh, apparently, like, you know, everyone's, like, looking around for the next Game of Thrones, and he pitched a Conan series that, like, the entire industry's, like, jaw-dropped. They're like, holy shit! We didn't know that uh, Conan could be Game of Thrones, and this good! And uh, the lady in charge is like, yeah, pretty toxically male, too. <laughs> hey, Ryan Condal, uh, you're fired. I'll see you later. Get your ass out my house. And like, then they turn to Wheel of Time and uh, Rings of Power. And <laughs> I guess he was just like, you know, wandering out in the street. And uh, HBO Max is like, hey, dude, you want to make a TV show? And and like, I love that he had all the the strength and like loss and things stuff to prove. And it exploded into probably the TV show of the year. Yeah. I did like the fact that they teamed him up with Miguel Sapachek. I don't know if you guys watched any of the uh, inside the episode. 
yes. tags that they had at the end of the episode. Sabacek, I, I can't say much for him as a director because for some reason the guy likes to shoot everything like it's under muddy water. <laughs> but story-wise, the guy gets it. Uh, and he seemed like the perfect foil back and forth with Condal for what they did do with the first season. And I'm kind of wondering how the second season is going to go with Sapchik leaving. Yeah, I, I, I have a great, I have a good feeling. I hope they bring back in Neil Marshall. Uh, he's a wild ass director who I think oh, he did, did uh, Battle, Battle of Blackwater. Uh, there it is. Yeah, yes. I love that guy. Yeah, he's a really great, like, kind of like high concept, low budget director who always delivers. I think he did the Battle of the Black Wall as well. The iconic, um, he, you know, uh, what are they called? The Crows? Why am I blanking on them? Oh, the Battle of the Wall in uh, season seven. No, season four. Um, what season seven? The what? What are the name of the the? Oh, when the wildlings attacked. Yeah. Attacked. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Battle of the Bastards. Battle of the Bastards. It was um. Battle of the Bastards. That was at Winterfell against between John and uh, Ramsay. Between the Night's Watch and um, yeah, the Night's Watch and the Wildlings. Wildlings. Yeah. I think you did that one. Um, yeah. Um. There's like a behind the scenes of how he uh, blocked out the final uh, dragon fight. He bought himself some toy dragons and used his iPhone to block out how it would play out. And like watching him do it was so much fun. It was like, I feel like you, know, you guys have my same childhood and I appreciate your perspective. Like um, even uh, Condal uh, geeked out in the first episode. The Dying King is apparently Bib Fortuna from Return of the Jedi. And like he was just like, oh my god, that's Bib Fortuna from Return of the Jedi. I, I I had to. He said he had to keep himself from trying to quote Huddies to him. <laughs> and I was like, awesome, dude. Wait, 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 wait. wait the the actor for Harris was uh, Bib Fortuna from uh, Return of the Jedi. I if that's his name, like the like there's like a first king, king, king that was Jaharis, like, the one in the prologue. Yeah, yeah, king Jaharis, yeah, he, yeah. Jaharis was the king at the beginning of the uh, episode yep. when they that was Bib Fortuna. That was his error. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah, and and Ryan was geeking out about it, and I'm like, I'm geeking out that he's geeking out about it, so uh, I'll be following his career uh, for uh, the rest of my life. That guy, he, he gets it. Well, we'll see how Connell does with Highlander. Oh, boy. Oh, if anyone, like, now, if, if anyone's going to do it, this is the guy I trust, so... Uh, fingers yeah, because it's Connell and the director from uh, Deadpool doing it, and... Great combination for something that shouldn't happen. We don't need another Highlander, but if anyone's going to do it, this is, they got it. Like, that's the team. Yeah, I read a concept for the new Highlander trilogy because they're planning it as a trilogy, and oh, it, it sounded great. I just, I cannot find the article that I read originally because I keep meaning to send it on to YouTube because I'm actually kind of encouraged by it. I don't know about Henry Cavill as the, the primary cloud? casting. Yeah, I I don't see him as McCloud. I just don't. But eh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. So yeah, I I hope this also. I hope that someday we get his uh, whatever Conan that blew everybody's mind. Like he now has the clout. Um, well, well, but I, 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 I mean, he's gonna be pretty busy. For yeah, next I think he's years. got uh, four seasons of uh, peak fiction to produce. Because, uh, like, oh god, this is all set up. This isn't even like the big battles. Like uh, the, the rest of the Gants of the Dragons is just the set piece battle after brutal set piece battle. It's gonna be yeah. glorious. Uh, I, 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 I think I'm gonna try to read those before they come out because uh, I'm actually intrigued, and I don't, I don't think I've ever read a full George R. R. Martin 
Uh, well, but- all right. So he- here's the thing. That, uh, this is another thing that uh, on the, the hit list of discussion topics that I think is really interesting. Like, oh, God, uh, the Rings of Power had this awful thing where it was um, trying to have the best of both uh, worlds where um, – on one hand, you uh, w- they wanted to be, oh, look at all these cool, obscure lore things where most people just glossed over, but like some of the bigger details they glossed over or uh, were a little bit more looser that just felt wrong, like the Mithril thing. Like, you know, even me as a not mm-hmm. Tolkien scholar, I was like scratching my head that, that that doesn't feel right. Is that right? Oh, that is completely wrong. <laughs> but um, this really smart thing that um, House of the Dragon does is the idea that, that it's not a traditional book, because I'm sure you you, you, have you both read Game of Thrones, uh, Keith? Uh, oh, nope. neither of you? Oh, I, I read the, I the opening of the first book, and I was like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> All right, so the way that they're structured is that they have POV chapters, and each uh, mm-hmm. chapter is basically kind of like talking about... Um, uh, you know, as a point of view character. Uh, so there's like four or five in the first book, and then it keeps on expanding. He keeps on adding POV characters. So it's a really interesting way to get cool. like um, different information. Because um, each character is in a different realm of Westeros. They hear about events. Uh, so something might, uh, you know, oh, we're about to do this battle. And then, you know, Tyrion's chapter comes about. And did you hear they won the battle of blah, blah, blah? They captured Jamie Lannister. Um, so that multiple perspective is what kind of like makes it very interesting versus. Um, Cool. Which I'm called uh, the book that this is all based on, House of the Dragon. Dance of Dragons. Yeah, the section of it, Dance of Dragons. It's a historical text where it's uh, you know a fake history that was like comes from multiple sources who have all historical biases. There's like one guy who's like a uh, maester, then there's a septon who lived through it, and then there's Mushroom the dwarf who says like all these explicit things. Everyone was having sex. It was wild orgies. Oh my god! Uh, Damon and Rhaenyra flew on their dragons and they had sex all the time. Um, that's his version. So you're never quite sure what the cool. true narrative is. So what? makes the show interesting from a book reader perspective is it gets to play with that that this is the definitive what really happened um this is so for an example like in the book they don't tell you who burns down Harrenhal uh it could have been Viserys it could have been Otto Hightower it could have been Damon it could have been Laris they all had different motivations because they all gained things from it uh but the the show gets to say nah it, it was Laris Strong he's the one who did it he did it because he wanted to entrap Alicent um and uh, gain political power and ultimately subjugate her So, right. so all throughout uh, the, the story, there are all these like little interesting uh, choices, like um, what you call it, um, Lord Corliss's uh, son. Uh, l- l- what's his name? The gay guy, yeah, Lanor. Um, yeah. In the book, he, he or in the historical narrative, he he just dies. He just gets killed off. Um, but in the show, uh, they give him. You know, they they get let him get like one of the only happy endings anyone's going to see. <laughs> Yeah, there's like this meme of like Lenor the rest of the story, and like it's like guy in the, his backyard mowing the lawn, and the far distance is a giant tornado. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> I, I appreciate they did not kill him off. That was that was that was one nice thing that uh, Ray and Damon kind of did, but they did by killing an innocent yeah, yeah, person. It's so still an still example important. of them abusing their power. Yeah, <laughs> fuck the small folk. You're just cannon fodder. We'll use you so a noble can get away because he is high station. He's Elon Musk. <laughs> they, they, they stand over the innocent bite is burning and they're like, 
We're nice people. We're nice <laughs> exactly. People. Well, I mean, it's some people, you know, oh, the gay person has more validity than the low person, so let, let them get away. I, I was always getting annoyed about all the articles that like, uh, what's your call? Uh, House of the Dragon needs to learn how to treat its queer characters. And I'm like, they, they, they gave them the best ending. <laughs> And someone who's yes. familiar with the <laughs> he's material, the only, make he's it the out only one who makes it out alive. You you should be happy. You know this is not the, the you know the gay equality power hour. This is Westeros. This is where you can get away with it. It's tolerated, but not particularly well liked. That's the universe. Unless you have yeah, right. I mean, yeah, I mean that's the kind of thing like George R. R. Martin. He's kind of like uh, Gary Sergeant Hartman from Full Metal Jacket. Everybody's equally worthless. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Nobody, no. Everybody has an equal chance to live, and everybody has an equal chance to die horribly. Uh, um. Okay. Over the rings of power. I will say that I, I was briefly tricked by the uh, saying Gandalf is Sauron part because I wanted to be hopeful. Uh, like I was like, I was like, I was like, oh wow, because that that would be pretty huge, and like he might hurt the girl, and or the girl becomes if you guys go with this that it would change and affect so much and that would be pretty ball okay it was a fake out okay (laughs) everything's just what we thought it was yeah that 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 was all i hated that i hated the iron giant storyline of ooh, i learned french (laughs) oh oh, this is how we oh he really is a good person and then i think the worst thing was like i am good hmm I I, 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 I like recoiled at that line. It was like such a terrible, uh, but like versus like, uh, I think one of my favorite, like really interesting adaptations part was the very end where uh, they, they, they have the big dragon battle and in the, the historical uh, book, it's like, you know, nobody saw the battle, but we assume he came with him with murderous intent. But actually in truth, it was just kids fucking around with their, their parents, dragon uh, kids who can't control the car. <laughs> the hilarious, the most hilarious memes came from that. That just had me dying laughing for weeks. Um, like Vagar in the rain, eyes crossed, screaming, "Fuck them kids!" <laughs> oh my god, that was so. And and when it was happening, um, that that was a fantastic fin- That was a fan. That was a finale. That was anyway, fantastic end of uh, episode. Um. Uh, was that the finale? It doesn't matter. Uh, yeah, when the moment, finale, yeah. yeah, that was the last episode of uh, season one. When it was happening, uh, like uh, little Jace, or was it Luke? Uh, yeah. Luke, yeah, yeah. When Luke's like going back out into the rain, and like he looks in the distance, and Vagar's not there, I paused. I was like, I can't do this. I can't fucking do this. I know, I know they they don't pull punches. I don't want to see this. And like, I took a breath. I was like, all right, let's do this, and and clicked, and. What I saw play out was like um, how you do subversion, because um, what was cool was it looked like boy heroes in a dragon battle, like how I've grown up. Just how it won't turn out. I was, I, I was like, okay, dude, just you know, use your your smallness to your advantage and hide and and like, all right, you made it into the canyon. Maybe things are going to be okay. <laughs> and Oh my god, when it happened. That's when you keep like, the Morgan Freeman voiceover. <laughs> uh, no, sorry, Luke. It's not going to be okay. <laughs> it was not definitely okay. And yeah, that I, was funny. 
And see, and that's the, and that's the fun thing because um, I, I know that Isaac and I have mentioned it a few times and shared that video about uh, the motion comic that adapts the history of the Dance of Dragons. That's the, that's the thing. I mean, we know the bullet points of what's going to happen in the next four seasons, but you still want to find out because they color in the gray areas between each of the events so well in House of the Dragon. And whereas Rings of Power. That's the same situation. You know the bullet points. You know Lendil's going to lead the men against Sauron eventually. You know Sildor didn't die and he's going to survive. And now they're going to have the whole mystery of how he survived. You, you know the bullet points of each, both of them. thing is, Rings of Power didn't figure out how to make you care, whereas House of the Dragon has. Because yeah. they do so well with actually building up the characters, making them fully fleshed and giving you something to give a shit about. Rings of Power is just... No, we're just rushing to the bullet points. We're just rushing to get to the events. So, yeah. accept it. Like it. It's got the Lord of the, R- Lord of the Rings brand on it. Yeah, you should like, love it. it. If it's good writing, it's like, you, you can know it's going to happen, but how it happens, that matters the most. Yeah, I, exactly. I love that, like, Vagar! No! 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 Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> that line. Vagar, no! <laughs> like, and Matt Smith Jr. Moment. just cowers away. <laughs> Yeah. That moment, like it, it, they looked like, like he's he did have love for his uh, cousin or nephew. Well, I, they had like, no, no, there was no love. That, that well, was a little like, shit that took his eye. He he generally well, wants his eye. He knows better than he knows what happens if he does get the retribution he's looking for. But he's yeah, it given a chance, he would have nuked Luke in a second. He just didn't want to do it right then. I what I saw was him not wanting full on death and. He did want to like maim his uh, yeah. his, his his family member, but like you know, they did have that moment where they were all family. Like we are all rivals, but we're all family. And like I saw like genuine like remorse for like oh, the straight. There's also him. another thing you gotta it's like remember is that like um, in Westeros there are a few taboos you don't do. Uh, you know, people push and break things, but you 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 don't um you don't um kill people. Kinsley. Yeah, you don't kill people when they eat eat mm-hmm. for bread uh, under the first thing uh, under the first like uh, night, uh, and you don't kill your relatives. Kinslayer is like the worst taboo. Yeah, um, Damon had no problem lopping off uh, Vayman's head. Mm. Oh, he he was only distantly related, but like, uh, yeah, he yeah. was very tenuously connected. <laughs> well, 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 what you call They're a little bit more directly related, considering there's both, you know, technically spawn of Viserys. So that taboo, not only igniting the war, but you know, you have the Kinslayer, um, you have the Kinslayer uh, stigma. Um, I also wanted to talk about how the the difference in how they're prequeling. Um, I've had these discussions where, like, uh, like I'll talk about how I love um, uh, Knights of the Republic, and like, you know, people know my stance against prequels, where I don't want to know that, you know, like, all we're doing is getting to the points we know we're end up going to end up at. And they're like, "Well, you know, Knights of the Republic is a prequel too, Keith." And I'm like, "No, like, if you're so far in the past, that all bets are off." Where, like, you know, like Spartacus is a prequel to Die Hard. Um, they're, they're they're too far they're far enough from each other that. I'm not just trying to get to John McClane through seeing Spartacus survive. Unlike Rings of Power, goddamn you! Like you're all they've used all these points of characters where we like every almost everyone knows like their endpoints. So it's almost it, it feels more worthless to watch. Where um, we know Gladriel will end up this and that. We know this person in here. So while they're spinning their wheels going nowhere, we already know where they end up. 
uh, versus House of the Dragon, where a lot of us didn't read the books or, or watch like the the points that are happening. So it's so far in the past that like all bets are off. I don't know. I like all I know is that in the future, uh, Targaryen will exist, and I don't know how it's going to turn out. So yeah, House of Dragons in a great position of like unknown characters whose fates are for me unknown. And Rings of Power, yeah, like I wish they had maybe had done like their own characters or more of their own characters. And like like the the established characters are like background like uh points in the quest that you get to and witness or maybe fight alongside is what they could yeah, have done. Rings but. of power they're building up so you can find out how the stranger becomes Gandalf the Grey and how Sorrowbrand <laughs> went from being Sorrowbrand to becoming the three foot taller version of the black armored dude that we all know and love from Lord of the Rings and you know, manages to trick the men of all the kings of men into taking the rings of power and tricking the dwarves and the their rings of power and I don't know how the hell they're gonna pull that shit off. But oh they had also set up how Gladriel had that boiling darkness under that they alluded to in the Hobbit and the Lord of the Rings trilogies. Cause I don't know if you remember the one scene from the um, uh, second, was it the second Hobbit movie? No, it was um, Battle of Two Armies when uh, she shows up along with uh, Elrond to save Gandalf from uh, Sauron coming back. Mm-hmm. You know, and she just goes full on black magic and just decimates the entire area to save everyone. And then she collapses totally exhausted. You know, they have to explain how she got that darkness and how she her existence is this constant battle of suppressing the darkness in her and keeping the light forefront. I- I can, I mean, I can see what the writers for Rings of Power are trying to allude to. They're just being really fucking clumsy about it. You don't have to use mystery boxes to keep your your uh, viewership enticed. You don't have to build up your characters using said mystery boxes. Just build your fucking characters. At the same time, respecting the lore because, unfortunately for you, you went with an existing IP with a very large, dedicated fan base. Show some fucking respect. You know what like drove me insane about Rings of Power that just seemed supremely idiotic? Um, the, 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 that last scene where, like, you know, so he gets in there and he's like, oh, shit, uh, you're forging rings there? Oh, let, let me help you forge some rings. Um, oh, man, uh, well, you do this and you put this in there. I'm the evil Dark Lord. <laughs> oh, holy shit. Um, maybe you shouldn't forge some rings. No, we need three of them now. Uh, so, battles things out. Or how about Sauron? I am Sauron, the Dark Lord. Oh, well, I'm out. And <laughs> then yeah, Gladriel goes back and everybody, hey, what, what happened over there? She said, nothing. You think she'd be pumping the brakes on the creation of the rings that he was pushing them to create? It's like, maybe there's an ulterior motive. Maybe you shouldn't craft the rings. The I mean, they, they, I saw... they don't even define how exactly the rings are supposed to help the elves, even with that modicum of mithril built in uh mixed in with them it just uh, it doesn't make sense the Gladriel that has been living in my heart for a long time doesn't do that wouldn't do that like holy shit guy just talked to sorry he's right out that out we get the people uh, and she's like no nah, i'm just no nah, people don't need to know that the devil was fucking right here it is it's cool yeah it is like he was kind of handsome. Like, it is uh, such a preposterously, geez. catastrophically stupid character decision that, like, I, I don't know how you expect the audience to, like, be on her side. Um, also, uh, the way they write Galadriel. Um, a friend 
pointed this out because uh, he used to do this about uh, the woman who used to become, who eventually became his wife. Um, it's how you write uh, if you're writing like a fanfic fantasy for yourself and you're like putting in like your crush in there. <laughs> that's how you write Gladriel. And like I remember, like he used to write about like you know the, his wife to be, and like it was a uh, sorry Max, it wasn't the best. It was not his best work. And like you're like I see what you're doing, man. I see what you're doing. But this is not the best work. And then, like, yeah, this is putting um, characters before the story. Um, that is another thing I want you to touch on. Like, yeah, like, Gladriel is treated like the person is in love with her. And, yeah. Um, but uh, the it's like there's a, a thing that ended up happening in Power Rangers, which made Power Rangers really fucking good, which is um, putting the story before the actors, unfortunately for, you know, the actors who would like to get raises. Uh, so like every year, you know, they get swapped out so that, um, you can do whatever. And in rings of power, you could tell that, you know, Gladriel, the actress and like that they, they love her, they worship her, uh, nothing bad can ever happen to her. But in house of the dragon, it sounds like we get all these time jumps and it's already written in a book where the writer was like, no, no actor is, I'm not, you know, calling to any actor. Which is what did ruin Game of yeah, Thrones. Yeah, that Game of yeah, Thrones, yeah. They started building in to save the actors. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Like the actors themselves became famous and powerful so that they could dictate what their story happened in their story. And like I saw the, the, the point where they started to give up on like just doing good stories where like Arya got to see meet um some like dreamboat singer. Ed Sheeran, right? Uh who Ed guest starter. Yeah, oh, yeah, Ed Sheeran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like they're like you know we just we just want to make her happy the rest of the well. Series. That, that was the show kowtowing to all the celebrity cameos that all these various stars were asking for. It's like, hey, can I be in an episode? Oh, sure, just show this, up on set one day. Okay, that one was them requesting him for the Arya actress, and so like yeah, like once that happened, like nothing bad could happen to Daenerys until That's- the final episode. Uh, and then like yeah, so they they had to bend toward the actors. But in House of Dragon, you you don't have to. It's already done. Like the actors are signing well, up to die. Though I have to say that uh, at some point, uh, Emily Carey, the woman who played uh, the younger Allison for the first half of the season, she needs to start stumping for herself because I don't know if you guys recognize her from her previous roles, but she played the younger Lara Croft in Alicia Vikander's oh, Tomb Raider, and she and she and she played the lower Diana. Uh, lower God, shame on me. I didn't mean to say that. Younger. God damn! What a slip. She played the younger Diana in Wonder Woman. Oh God damn! Gal Gadot's oh, Wonder she's Woman. she's uh, oh. getting in all the all the big uh, the franchises, being the iconic baby characters. But oh, she she does need. To... Yeah, yeah, she like, needs to branch out a little more. She's a great actress. I loved her. Part she's in the so first good five that I can't remember her. Um, sort of like so that they're both like uh, Olivia Cook. God damn! Wow, yes. I don't know if I've been tracking whoever she is, but she's a she thunder crushes every scene. I'm I become quite the fan. Um, That's why you so need to watch that- Bates Motel. Bates, okay, uh, yeah, all right. Yeah, she's right, fantastic I, in Bates Motel. Her and Vera Farmiga. If if you haven't seen that, I, mean, I watched that alongside Hannibal. Mm-hmm. Those are you know, two fantastic series. I will but, check um, it out because she's made me a fan. Uh, she's really good. So good that like when I look back on the first episodes, I see Olivia Cook. Like they they those two characters blended so well together. That I can't. They they almost they they they're just organic to me. They're they seem the same person versus Millie Alcock versus oh I never found out the name of Emma Darcy. Here you go. Yeah, those two distinctly different 
and I felt completely different, great performances from both of them. Uh, Olivia Cook and younger Alicent, uh, they okay. melded together. Thank you. They they melded so beautifully together that I cannot tell them apart. That so. is an interesting point about like uh, the series bending to the characters because like I, in the later Game of Thrones, I think the worst example was Cersei, uh, just because like um, I, I think Lena Headley did a fantastic job with the character, but the problem was is that like Cersei's not some political Machiavellian genius. She's a spiteful, dumb, mm-hmm. very dumb character who makes very poor choices. But then in the end, just to like one proper up as like the final villain and kind of like you know make up for all the like Game of Thrones is sexist. You know they had to have their final evil mm-hmm. Disney princess, uh, girl boss queen, and uh, it just annoyed the hell out of me because like uh, I, I have to disagree with that. I thought that her rise was pretty organic. I actually could see her making it through to the end because she was willing to do whatever she needed to do in the not, show. Not the I you agree. win in the Game of Thrones as you oh, do well, whatever okay. you need to do. I agree, but like, if you've seen the book, you, did you read the books? And she's well, all right. So here, here's my argument against that. Um, her, her big, one of her big uh-huh. supreme okay. girl boss moments is like when she like um, burns uh, Marjorie Tyrell, all the Tyrells, and all her enemies in the Sept of Baelor. Uh, Mm-hmm. I, 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 awesome. don't get me wrong it, it's a great scene <laughs> but like in the reality constructed in the books um there would be massive political comp uh, you know uh there would be massive political consequences for that because the tyrells were what really well liked marjorie tyrell was super well liked uh cersei's not well liked so she'd lose political alliances over that uh people would be like oh she's gonna incite us on fire she would like um it would basically be like the equivalent of like stannis what happened to stannis after he like lit his daughter on fire um and the fact that she just like keeps on winning uh you know you're on Greyjoy with his magic teleporting powers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it just she was making bad political moves and not wreaking any of the consequences, and that's kind of bra- well, that yeah, kind of breaks the universe yeah. because yep. that's why Game of Thrones, as the universe works, is because when you make stupid decisions or even if you do the right thing, um, there are consequences. It, it, it's yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, that's the point where it kind of like you know the the, the uh, what you call D and D became dumb and dumber, where they kind of showed their weaknesses. And to their their limited credit, they didn't have you know anything. And I think that's one of the reasons why House of the Dragons going to land the ending is because it has a really st- strong story outline. It's all plotted out. It has a definitive ending. It doesn't have yep. George R. R. Martin you know fucking her off into. Um, talk show circuits or book circuits or awards festivals uh, instead of writing his damn book. I I almost feel like uh, I've been watching this for a long time. I feel almost this is almost by design where I, like I said, I saw like uh, when Game of Thrones came on and like, I, I feel like I'm not sure if I noticed it then or later, but like uh, at the end is created by Weiss and Benioff and like, Oh, not George R. R. Martin. I wonder how he feels about that. And then, like as like Game of Thrones got more and more popular, and so Weiss and Benioff, I, I just kind of started noticing. Like I, I heard like you know tension behind the scenes. I was like, uh, how long is George R. R. Martin going to put up with this until all of a sudden like he's not writing the book anymore? He's kind of done with it. And like I, I like the break happened, and then like accusations of Game of Thrones is sexist, and we love these actors, and that's when the start started going down. So now George R. R. Martin has a complete open and closed story where if they're going to make a TV show out of it, you're signing up to go down like this character goes down. You won't be able to be 
so popular that we're going to save yeah. you. Um, unless we like you, because like Lenar, he, he survived. But um, yeah, like it, the, the story is set. We're here for the real story, not the uh, story created yeah, by the audience. Exactly, because like sometimes, like the really, I, I always hold that the really, really great creators don't give uh, people what they want. They give you what they they uh, didn't know that they wanted. Um, it, yep. it's like a magical, intangible science. Uh, but you know, the best people who have a good thing will will not like because like it, it was funny. There was like this old um. Like a uh, college humor sh- animated short, like Game of Thrones, if it was awesome, or you know, if it was made by the fans, and it was like, you know, Tyrion rides a dragon and he gets a, you know, Serial Pharrell is, um, uh, back alive and he has a dragon fire super soaker and they go and they go burn Cersei and then they take over the kingdoms and oh, it's awesome. Uh, yeah, all the shit that you want to see. Uh, the bad guys get punished and uh, like yeah. as fun as this is as like a concept, this would absolutely ruin the story. Yeah, uh, this it reminds me of, like something like for Keith's when I was like, guys, oh my god, they're ruining sequels, guys. No, listen to me. Um. And the, there's a cliche that people say is like, you're just mad because it's not turning out how you want. And I'm like, why would I want to know how it turns out? No, like, I want to see what I don't know yeah, that I yeah. want. Yeah, and, and the sad thing for an audience is that you don't know what you see it. And, uh, you know, the classic example is The Rise of the Skywalker, mm-hmm. where J.J. Abrams was desperately fleeing shit on the screen of what he thought Star Wars people fans <laughs> wanted to make them happy. Here's your schlop. Here's your, your schlop. Was that Abrams or is that more of Kathleen Kennedy and the Disney bosses? Just you know, like, oh god, oh god, we're losing money. Help, help, oh, help! Just, oh, I, I think they're both whatever. equally responsible both. <laughs> in that. Uh, All are equally yeah, responsible. Uh, I, I think they both have to, uh, and you know, that's a George R. R. Martin. That, that that's probably half the fucking reason why he can't finish those books because he's he, uh, invented so many goddamn plot threads for himself uh, that, that he's like he he doesn't quite know how to like keep on subverting or give the thing that the audience doesn't know that they wanted. Um, I suspect he will complete them and they're more finished than we think they are. It's just that like, now that he's like, you know, fuck Weiss and Benioff. And then like now also in house of the dragon, it says created by Ryan Condal and George R. R. Martin. So I think he's been holding on to it because like he, when he wanted to see it crash and burn, it did. Now anyone who wants to know the real ending, like it's why going to like those, highly um best-selling books of all time like people who have not read a book ever or in a long, long time or any game of thrones books including myself like if he releases like the true ending i'd read just it. because you're 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 like you're that curious to like see see how much it did. yeah yeah i think everyone that, is that is a good point because like i i do feel like some of the bullet points and, of like like i think daenerys becoming the mad queen I, that does feel like something george R. R. martin would do yes that seems like it was going to be happening, but uh, you had more of a careful buildup. Oh, yeah, you, you, you need to yeah. earn that really fucking well, and just like you know, after she gets everything she wants, and then she just hears some bells and just like ah, fuck it. No, you you, you didn't. Uh, I always I don't know. I, I did like a video talking about like how you sell it. You needed to have like a moment where she like comes down to the people of King's Landing and they throw like tomatoes at her or something, and then she's just like fuck you. I did everything for you. Uh, like <laughs> you need to like. Just Justify it from her point of view. Her just killing people even after she gets what she wants, you know, doesn't sell to the audience and sell her. Yeah, so um, they try to lean it on, you know, 
Cersei killing Masande, and it's like, okay, that that was just their simmering anger over Cersei killing Masande, and like, nah, that did the rest did Russell King's Landing really have to pay for that? Just kind of Cersei needed to pay for that yeah. one. Sorry, yeah, it was just poorly yeah, constructed. Really, it, it was a good payoff without a without with an unearned setup, uh, which is. Um, House of the Dragon also laid down a hint that what we saw at the end of Game of Thrones was not the ending. Like, I, I feel like that well, was intentional. Uh, even. How, how uh, so? Like that part where he says, um, Viserys says, and like, we'll only stop the end of the night when like, uh, a Targar- Aegon Targaryen is sitting on the throne. Oh. Like, well, you guys remember that line, right? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah like, that's yeah. completely in contradiction to the ending of Game of Thrones. So I think. And also, like, I, I can't tell how much it's just rumor or how much this is real. But have you guys heard about, like, uh, there might be another Jon Snow? Or is that just, just like, happy... All the case? spinoffs that they're talking about dealing with yeah. uh, Jon Snow and uh, a uh, Sea Snake series? And... Sea Snake has been canceled, oh, but... Oh, really? Oh, it Jon Snow. Yeah, they have that, that, yeah. Oh. Huh. They, that 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 that, uh, that rumor uh, is. I hope up. I hope they don't do the Jon Snow series because uh, uh, well, because like I honestly I think that prophecy like one of the things that Game of Thrones and uh, House of the Dragon emphasizes is that like you can't trust prophecies. Most of the Targaryens that follow prophecies, okay. the dreams are too cryptic and vague. It almost always leads them to ruin. Even like there's this there's this um, one spinoff series called Dunkin Egg uh, about this like target. Oh, are you? I'm reading that. Uh, you enjoy- uh, you enjoying the comic book, book adaptation? Um, uh, my buddy Max got me uh, the volume one and two, and I'm uh, in the middle of Are you of enjoying it? I heard people love it because it's like kind of like a more lighthearted uh, version of Lord of the Rings. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's a lot more normal fantasy. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I, I don't like this. It's it's, it's very brown. Uh, lots of muddy brown, which I don't usually like in my fantasy or comic books, but. It's good, but uh, what's happening oh, so, in there? Right, that, so, I, I'm, uh, I don't mind the ending. That basically, okay, so the, the egg guy becomes, you know, he's a Targaryen prince, um, and he eventually becomes like one one of the better remembered Targaryen kings. Uh, but he, he keeps on having these prophetic cool. visions that, like, you know, he's going to get dragons back. He, he just needs to do the shit uh, to these rituals, and then he's going to get a dragon egg. But then he winds up doing one of the greatest tragedies: the the burning of Summer Hall, which uh, gets him killed, and uh, a bunch of other people killed uh just because he was falling pro- and you know that's why oh. damon targaryen is like so angry at uh princess ray ray uh because um he's like well i i did love that final scene where she like tells him the prophecy and one way it, like legitimizes her because like it's this great targaryen deep targaryen lore that damon wasn't privy to so it's like it's a slight beyond mm-hmm. the grave of just like him being the second son and being unworthy of what the true secrets are uh and he's also angry because like you know, uh, get get off that astrology shit. <laughs> <laughs> um. So you guys wouldn't want like, uh, because like yeah, what I was kind of hoping would happen was like after House of the Dragon, uh, we get Jon Snow and like some kind of like thing where like you know the the White Walkers are still out there and it brings back to the real conclusion and and intrigue that we once had and uh, we get the final showdown and justify him coming back to life. We you guys wouldn't want to see that fixed. I, I don't want to see an apology. I don't ah. care. Don't 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 turn around. Right. Make King, don't don't put it on Kit Harrington that he had to come around and fix the, and apologize for the sins of Weiss and Benedoff. Just no. 
Game of Thrones. Uh, if I was Kit Harrington, I'd be running for my life yeah, away I, from that. I think the Jon Snow oh, pre- spinoff just sounds like a bad idea. Like, there's only two threads. There's one, he's just, like, dicking around in the wildlings, which I don't think would be that interesting of a series. Um, it was always, like, kind of, like, one of the least interesting aspects of the uh, Game of Thrones. And the other option is, like, oh, mm-hmm. shit. Shit's going down in Westeros. We need Jon Snow's help. And then, then, then Jon Snow's like, you know, uh, what's that cliche everyone loves? You know, son of a bitch, I'm in. You know, the the, 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 the reluctant hero or the reluctant uh, crew assembling. You know, Tyrion rides up uh, in a carriage to the wild like, Jon Snow, we need your badassery to stop the, the, the narrow sea, the golden company. Dude. You guys are talking directly <laughs> to my soul. Um, this is everything I want. I'm like, I, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't want, I, I can't take it. Like, I don't want that to be the end of Game of Thrones. And like, like I, I was with everyone like, you know, gasp, Jon Snow came back to life. What? Oh my God, let's do this. And yeah, like, so bitch, I'm in. And, and like, you know, he's riding on a dragon and he's meeting back up with dudes and ladies and it's, yeah, come on, let's play again. Was, was, your, play again. was your favorite? Just out of curiosity, yeah. was your favorite um, a scene in like the season seven where they do the Suicide Squad mission up north to capture a white? No, on oh, everybody finally meeting each other and all the threads yeah, coming together. And, yeah, that was when like things. Scott, you're, you're, I, I love my cheese, uh, but like I like how on, on paper that should have been you. And, that like, should have no, been you, your things. favorite moment because that's what. That's what the John Snow series I, is going to be. Like, oh, <laughs> okay, okay. If they do, I don't want that. I don't want that because, like, so, like, yeah, I like my cheese ball heroes and whatnot. But like, everything they did was like, hey guys, no, like, I come to Game of Thrones to get away from exactly what I want. I like how, like, um, like the the boy hero uh, dragon fight does not turn out how I would want, but that's how that was fucking amazing. And like the game, the, the the Suicide Squad run was like, wait, no, like I, I come here so that if characters do this, you know, they're going to get slaughtered. You're, you're just you're just like spamming um, fantasy. You're just, yeah, it's yeah, fantasy yeah, everyone wears um, everyone wears the greatest to, yeah. uh, armor in fantasy plot armor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if they can get back to like real Game of Thrones, I'm on for like. Just like you know, a couple more seasons to give us a real like that. That's the thing. That's uh, that's all I think you'd get. You'd basically get more set pieces of the the, the Suicide Squad mission if you got mm-hmm. the Jon Snow show. That's all the like setup to like get like you know good Game of Thrones. I I, I don't see how you would uh, be able to salvage it from there. I, I mean, that's why like the prequel is working so well because you're you're getting what you don't expect. You're getting these inversions of the fantasy tropes, mm-hmm. uh, and that's why it's like so satisfying and it's so far removed that you're unfamiliar that it you know feels fresher uh yeah i don't know how although this is another thing i was kind of curious to ask you what do you think of them dragons uh the new these are i love them uh i'll be honest in game of thrones they all look the same i i remember people like uh i think like my friend who read the books like he really cared about the difference between which dragon was which and i was like i can't tell they're just animals to me. I don't and like one got shot and I'm like, oh man, a dragon went down. But here they really are making them into legit characters like Vagar. Um Ryan Connell says that he considers Vagar to be a giant cat. <laughs> and uh Yeah. <laughs> and and like um the way dragons die is like they don't stop growing. 
and eventually they do become just too heavy. Like I just see the story of like their anatomy. Like this is, I I've wanted this all my life. I think because uh, I've always loved dragon battles and and dragon rider battles, and they're like harshly few. Even in the books that I've used to try to find that would do it, like the Dragonlance books would barely do the actual Dragonlance fighting and dragon uh, dragon battles. So for the Legend of Huma, that was fantastic. Um, and yeah, finally I got a dogfight between dragons. And now that like I, I can tell the difference between them, and like, they they more and more have their own character. Uh, yeah, this is like probably the best dragons I've ever seen in visual history. Oh, just wait! <laughs> the, 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 there's going to be a whole whole uh, lot more dragon fighting in the next wait. three seasons. Oh, there's so many good dragon set pieces to look forward to. Is is that not weird though? Like. It's taken this long to have good dragon well, it's battles. Interesting dragon. It, it depends on who's got their hands on it. I mean, if, I mean, like you were pointing out before, the guy was blocking out the scene using dragon toys in his iPhone to try to figure it yeah. out. It, it depends on who's choreographing it as well as shooting it. Because I mean, if you got some ham-fisted wingnut who you know did that ring about the, bat- uh... battle, it's not going to turn out well. Yeah, it, uh, the, my last thing is like the thing the well the problem I've been having since Return of the Jedi like. Um, still no one has topped that space battle where like as a kid I'm like, Oh my mm. god, I saw the top of the mountain. I can't wait for the future where I always get this and No one's done it never, since never again. Um outside of anime. Um and yeah, with dragon mm. battles, like even in the books, I, I remember like there's like this uh Greyhawk Adventures, which was like a D and D book, and on the cover the hero uh, is on a flaming chariot and he's swinging and slinging in the distance is a green dragon coming down with a rider and like all that happened was he hit the dude in the head with a rock and the guy yanked the dragon to the side and he flew past and that was it like come on what why aren't there more dragon battles and yeah finally like 45 years into my life well the, the, I get the to see thing it. I fucking oh god I love the Game of Thrones dragons um they're this great mix like because I think like you know I, I hate to use this term but it feels appropriate um you know the the infamous Epsler uh, well you, you, no. the, the, the word uh, you refer to gay people negatively Okay. Yeah. Uh, oh, so you know yeah, the, no, that yeah, bad word. Yeah. I, I feel like that's kind of characterized like the mainstream reception of like dragon battles. Like, because you had Aragon, and it was just like very prissy. Like, ooh, I'm gonna bond my dragon soul to your dragon soul, and we're gonna talk telepathically. And you had like, sh- you never, heard, wait, wait, you don't what? remember Aragon back in the, during the fantasy boom where they had that? Uh, they tried to turn that into a franchise. Uh, it, Oh yeah, oh, Aragon. Yeah, okay, okay, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were saying Aragorn. Like what? Same. And yeah, I remember. I I, I don't know why. I you have fancy names yeah, exactly. So you had that, and I yeah. felt like that was like inhospitable to a mainstream audience, where we, that was just like cancer. And you, mm-hmm. you know, you had shit like you know, uh, Dragonheart with Sean Connery. Uh, you know, oh, I'm a big noble dragon, and I'm <laughs> gonna talk to you. Oh, <laughs> uh, like you. I, 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 I was like saying the quote that my friend said as we walked out of that movie. That movie sucked, but where'd they get the dragon from? Like at that time, like we were staring, like wait, the graph, the that the graphics on that were just so like startlingly good at that time. We we're like, wait, wait, how are they doing this? And then there's yeah, the, the other. Sucked. Oh god, I, I, I wish this movie was better. What if I told you there was a post-apocalyptic dragon movie that started Matthew McConaughey yeah. and. Uh, <laughs> 
Hey, Christian Burr. Yeah, I saw that. I, I ran Bale. to the theater. Yeah. Rain, rain of Was that Rain of Dragons or something like that? Rain of Fire. I yeah. ran to the theater because I was like, I want every, I want all this. This is all I ever wanted. And it, then it's so day, weird because on paper, the idea of Matthew McConaughey jumping out of fucking uh, helicopters to like harpoon dragons sounds like the most metal shit of all time. But I guess it was just like too many like you know kind of mediocre executions because I feel like there's a war, there's an alternate universe where that mo- that movie's like the Terminator for a whole generation and people were like quoting it constantly because um, on paper it sounds amazing. But like so, so like dragons. Yeah always had the stigma um but ga- the game of thrones dragons they they feel like dangerous animals but they also feel like smart animals mm-hmm. so they, they feel like lions and cages so it taps into that fantasy of like having an, an exotic animal that you have a connection with but that that animal will fuck you up if you look at it the wrong way or you um uh, don't play by its rules amon yeah, is that his name or amon uh amon him uh, courting Vagar was one of my favorite things I've ever seen in my entire life. That was straight up like what I wanted to see in Neverending Story when I heard that. Oh, he's going to get a dragon. What? Ah, oh, it's got a dog head. What the fuck is yeah, that? That was, a, that was such a good um, scene where he's like in the forest, it's like sleeping, and he's he's like, yes! I, I, I'm going to burn you, kid. I'm going to burn you. And he's like, shit, I got these Valerian words uh, that I learned in my dragon training school. Daharis, uh, Daharis. I felt it. I felt the fear. Like he was like always a second away from just being totally killed by that dragon. Yet the bravery came through and then holding on and that dragon, the first dragon flight, like this is like what I've been wanting to see since I was a kid. And yeah, like that, that is what the Eamon just shot up as like one of my favorite heroes on the show. Um, and he's still like one of my favorite heroes on the show. Like, I know he's not a hero. I, 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 I do pre- agree. I guess that he's, he's yeah, so uh, more I, I do characters. really love Eamon. I like it. But he got bullied, and he got, he, he yeah, exactly. got on top. D- David's way. looking at him like, "All right, kid, I see you're cribbing my style." <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Yeah, <laughs> like, I we think to just make sure that wasn't Matt Smith's kid or something. I I, I thought he looked so much like I, Matt Smith. Yes. I continually forget that they aren't. It, it does feel son. like, like you know, Amund is the child Matt Smith had hoped, kind of hoped he had, but kind of hates and resents. And uh, oh, what's funny is um, each of their children they should swap because the Strongs look more like Alicent and like her temperament and Otto. And like the assholes of Alicent uh, look like they would be raised by da- uh, Damon. <laughs> that is a really interesting comparison. Uh, no, yeah. you, I think you're 100 percent right. All, all the weird quirks feels like and that. That was always the interesting thing about Damon is that like you know he goes vies for such interesting extremes from like the guy who's like hacking off balls and heads in the street and then like you know oh I'm actually a pretty decent dad and then you know I'm a pretty decent husband uh, to my dragon rider wife um, and then also the guy who will like freaking choke his wife. Uh, if she like uh, triggers his wrong inferiority complex, don't tell me how it turned. But I I want to see him get wrecked so hard. I I, I want to see him take. Don't I want to know? But like my my hope and my heart is to watch him just get thunder punched into the greatest L of his life. Like 
He's a monster, uh, and I want to oh, see him it, taken down. It's coming. That's that's why. No, no, I was no, 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 well, no, 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 no. The one thing I want things are going to happen. Things are going to happen. Well, okay, I'm going to say is that like things there's like, a lot of gray room, so I'm really curious to see what they do to uh, what side they decide to fall in uh, for how they end his story because there is a bit of ambiguity in the historical narrative that they they can play with. So it's going to be shocking for everyone uh, when it comes to. Uh, <laughs> Let's let's put it this way: the, the, all the Damon stands out there, they're going to be seriously tested as far as their uh, fandom of him because his depravity yeah. has not reached its bottom yet. Oh hell yeah! Oh, blood and cheese. I, I I love Ms. Him blood and cheese. Yep. And really quick name drop. Name drop. Uh, I met oh, Matt Smith at the bar. Awesome. I just want to say. Just want to uh, say that. Nice. <laughs> Did you guys, uh, can, Was he doing his Morbius dance when you met him? I'm going to tell the story <laughs> as quickly as possible. If I've already uh, we'll, stopped me, we'll get. Oh, oh okay. uh, yeah, yeah. Um, really quickly, I was in LA. My friend has connections. Uh, they got me into a secret club that is uh, fronted by like it looks like it's a fast food papaya restaurant with sad people in like paper hats and like green and brown uniforms. And you walk past the velvet rope into what looks like a Michael <laughs> Bay club, and like oh it was God. fantastic. It was like the going party for the star of um, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Uh, Shane Black, I think his name. I met Zelda um, Williams, and sitting at the bar, I'm like, "Oh my god, this Jack and Coke I'm drinking is eleven dollars! I've I finally made it. This is amazing!" And in comes the <laughs> cast of Doctor Who: uh, Matt Smith and Rory and uh, nice. uh, the the redhead Karen Gillian. <sighs> Karen. Fuck, whatever. And also, yeah, Karen Gillian, and then like also Claire, uh, who would become the next Doctor Who companion. They all came in with their friends and stuff. And like Rory was the alpha male of the crew where everybody was like revolving around him. Karen Gillian went with her best friend to watch this band. It looked like they were YouTube, but they're not. And waddling up to me very awkwardly and uncool as fuck was Matt Smith. <laughs> and like he just, you know, he, he kind of like, you know, gets to the bar, like, you know, very nervous. And like he's like odd man out. And I was like, oh my God, what the? You're Matt Smith. And he goes, yeah, I am. I'm like, why would you know that? Because I'm in a bar with people who wouldn't watch Doctor <laughs> Who. So he's just kind of curious. So I was like, no, yeah, you're in Doctor Who. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I am. I tried to get a picture with him. And he was like, I look a little pissed right now. Pissed. Oh, I'm sorry, man. Oh, oh, drunk. Yeah. Let me get some sunglasses. I'll be right back. And then he went to Rory, asked for sunglasses. Rory looked at him crazy. <laughs> and he got embarrassed. And then uh, the rest of the night, like, he went off by himself just dancing. Just dancing by himself. And I left him so alone. you did see him do the Morbius dance. Awesome. Um, Actually, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> but and then my heart broke when my cool friends who just this is all you know very passe to them at freaking 11 p.m at night well keith we want to go now i'm like what and then we left but yeah uh matt smith got to trade very some words nice. with him at a bar and well, see I, him I, be I, uncool and now he's the king bad, of bad oh, guys God, yeah, what an extreme year from morbius to like uh fucking uh house of the dragon you could not ask for a better um <laughs> From potential bad guy in Rise of the uh, oh, Rise of Skywalker he, too. Who is he going to be in the House well, of Rise of Skywalker? Oh, fuck, I forget. Um, like, oh, was he supposed to be the general that stepped up and was te- no. the, teaming with the Emperor or whatever? It was like I think maybe a there's like a, this idea that uh, he was going to be like some kind of dark Plagueis type dude. It was just an idea. Oh, and I, I the Colin Trevorrow script. You're no oh, fuck. I can't remember. I just know that like he he shot some stuff and they tossed it in the garbage. 
Yeah, because the character you're describing, it sounds like a carryover from the Colin Trevorrow script, because there was that one that uh, Ren went to in the Trevorrow script, and hmm. was There's tooled like a- up so they could take on everybody. And Yeah, some some guy like that. And, and now they were like, nope, not doing that. And so, yeah, he's, he's had quite the path of, like, you know, misses and failures, and now he's, like, yeah, like, king of TV. Like, everyone's talking about him. He, he will never be forgotten. Like, that run he did through uh, oh, that, was the, so, that was so great. King, <laughs> that was, uh, was dope that as hell. That was the moment that also yeah. sold me on the incest reds because at the first time I was kind of like, ah, this looks kind of dumb. But then they they were like cutting people up, you know. Ah, let's go in the charge. I was like, all right, I am sold on the, the Valerian households. You you look awesome. Yeah. Uh, long live your name. Uh, yes. Uh, um, you know, <laughs> big props to all the people who are going to cosplay you. To the black people who are going to be like, yeah, of course, Valerian's my, my fucking man. There's um there's a uh, black uh, geek uh, Game of Thrones group called Dim Thrones y'all and the the posts in there are just a personality experience they're just hilarious like uh, what do you guys think the family chat was like when when uh, Eamon got back and like the all, all, all the all the uh, the examples are latest like and like my favorite one was like him saying well what had happened was and that was just the last uh, that was the joke right there what had happened was yeah. Oh, so we heard that Lucero showed up. What happened with him? Uh, about that. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's like, no, no. The, it, one of the funniest ones was like, hey, uh, I see uh, Eamon's dragon out there, but he hasn't shown up in chat. Why hasn't he showed up in chat yet? And then, like, Larry's like, can I get beat pics? And it's just, what? it was funny. It's, yeah. The, the fandom around this God, one thing that like I really loved about this is like, oh, I remember when it's great to have peak television and everyone's just like memeing with it and engaging with it and they're making memes yes. and they're not just disappointed. Oh my God, this was so fun. It was like the going back to the Halle, uh, Halcyon days and uh, the, what you would call it, to the early 2000s and it's like, oh God, remember when the shit was good and everyone was just happy and it was just engaging with it and memeing with it and not yes. memeing on it. <laughs> Yes, like not not memeing at like you know like like purity hunting. Like, are you a racist or not? If you like this or not? No, yeah. people just get to enjoy it. Hey, also, I think we should take a break really quickly because like we've been going for a while, and I so make sure that his audio is uh is good and we don't lose yeah, anything that's, with like, that's perfectly fine. Uh, I, I, maybe I'll put my little dragon. Quick? I hope he's not fucking up the audio. Captain Crunch has been very loud. All right, all right. We're gonna take a break really quickly and come back with our final uh, thoughts on Rings of Power that we don't talk about as much because oh. there's not much to talk about there. And Hot D. All right, see you guys on the other side. Sometimes all news is bad news. House of the Dragon episode ten season finale: The Black Queen. We're getting all that good development for our little boy Luke, and he's worried for good reason. I mean, his grand, his granddaddy. Uh, the sea snake out there dying on the sea trying to get to them. Uh, he like, I mean, if he die, does that mean I gotta be Lord of Driftmark? He already know he ain't ready for that. He like, listen, I get sick, seasick just standing on the boat. Like, I can't be out there trying to control the biggest fleet out there. And shout out to Dragonstone. Dragonstone's looking magnificent every time we see it and the painting table. But then we got Princess Rainey's coming into there. Uh, Princess Rhaenyra and Prince Damon, like, oh man, what's going on? She tell him. She tell him everything went to hell in Kane's Landing, as we remember from the Green Council. 
Damon's obviously upset. He's like, if you escape, that means you took the dragon. If you took the dragon, uh, her dragon Maylis, that means you could have burnt some stuff, some stuff down. And we're back. Um, one of my favorite, uh, videos I saw, uh, from Black Geek, uh, House of Dragon fandom was this one woman, uh, she was saying, Amon! Amon, come outside. We ain't gonna jump you. And she's like taking her earrings off. No, no, we just wanna talk. He takes off her second earring. Amon, come outside. Come outside. We're not gonna jump you. Okay? We just wanna talk. And I was just laughing because, like, yeah, she, she took the death of Luke so hard and personally that, yes, everybody wants to jump Amon. And it's, yeah, the big meme, <laughs> meeting with it has been so much fun. It's, it's really good to enjoy a show with a community again. It's been. It's fantastic. It's been so nice. And like, it reminds me, I love having that. Like it's the ultimate uh, argument for against streaming culture. Uh, mm-hmm. because like, I, I hate, I hate the binge model. I, I just think that Same. like, uh, it, it's fun to have it as like a retrospect to catch up on something, but I, it feels like always like, uh, more prestige when it's coming out week to week where there's discussion, people are engaging yep. on it. People are memeing with it. People are excited about it. Uh, there are little hashtag campaigns you can follow. Uh, uh, and then just having that excitement of like, oh, there's a new House of the Dragon thing. Oh, it's yeah. just this little yeah. magical thing that like makes the mundane so much more tolerable. Uh, I'm, uh, which I, I just love. And the House of the Dragon brought that back. I'll say like the I'll say the one show that does top House of the Dragon for me is Cobra Kai. And yeah, um, the unfortunate part of that is every episode is worth a week's worth of conversation. Like this is like. Uh, 90s martial arts wet dream of like of 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 love and and caring about the fan uh the the property but like once it's over like there's an explosion of memes and, and done you're done you're out but here's like an explosion yeah. memes per episode for weeks on end it was so much fun it it, it just feels like it, it treats the material it makes it feel like um it, uh, more worthwhile and more valuable than just like d- dropping it all where it just like makes everything on Netflix just feel disposable yes. and cheap. And uh, like, I, I don't know why this is a viable plan. Um, yeah, I remember Stranger Things seems to do pretty fine. A little. I mean, that's still, does, I mean, Stranger I, Things is kind of an aberration because they, it's always a meme gold mine every time a season of Stranger Things comes out. Mm-hmm. I still think it would like have much more cultural relevance because it always feels like there's like two or three weeks of Stranger Things and then it just dies in the vine. Yeah, this, yeah, like uh, I remember like the end of Game of Thrones, like there are articles like, is this the end of like event television where like everybody watches the same thing together? And it was until House of Dragon brought it back. A lot, a lot tried to like replicate it, but no one really kind of succeeded. It was just kind of like you know high end niches. Um, but yeah, House of the Dragon just became this like uh, incredible event. So much discussion, uh, so much cultural relevance, and just people uh, loving and dissecting it. <laughs> versus uh, Rings of Power, it was just like, uh, well, all right, I, I promised you a crack. I, I fucking love cracks. Hello. See, lost, uh, it's a good thing we stopped. Just lost I, Isaac. Cracks is, is that weird. Oh, Isaac, can can you? We hear, lost you. Oh no, can, can you hear me now? You, you, we just yeah, we we can hear you now. We we just heard you start saying cracks is awesome, and then you cut out. 
right. Um, let, let, let me stop messing around. Maybe it was because of my browser. I was like, uh, I, I think I have a, a few too many tabs open. But uh, can you hear me now? Yep. All right. So Caraxes, I freaking love uh, because it's got this elongated neck. It's got this serpentine neck that just is so different than other dragons. And they even mentioned the fact that um, Caraxes is supposed to be a deformed dragon. Uh, but it's got this like mean nastiness, which fits so well with Damon. Like they're, they're both these like pitted vipers that are just going to strike. You don't know what's going to piss them off, but you know when you piss them off, they're going to fuck up your shit. And, and I just love Caraxes's design, how just Distinctive is and how it, it just looks mean. That's like a mean, mean fucking animal. When that animal comes out, cut out again. So, um, mm-hmm. I'm gonna say that we should stop and maybe do reboots to make sure that yeah, we're all clean again. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. Once we get Isaac back, uh, can, you, can you hear me now? We can yeah, now, but, like, yeah, do you mind if we stop for a second, do yeah, reboots, and, like, you know... All right, let, let, cool. let me restart my computer. God damn it! This is going to be the third, right. third time Audience I, will be... All right, my favorite <laughs> noodle, noodle neck boy. <laughs> we'll be right back with Caraxes, the audience. <laughs> and we're back again. All right, Caraxes. Isaac. All right, so Caraxes, I, I love the dragon designs. I love the little dragons. I like the dignified thing of Cyrax, um, uh, Princess Ray Ray's dragon. I love Melee's, the dignified Red Queen, but Caraxes, oh my god, he's this malformed, nasty viper of a dragon. He's got this kind of cute whine that comes from the fact that he's got this deformed, elongated neck. Like, like I, I, what I love about Caraxes is like you, you can kind of feel like he was, you know, when he was in his dragon egg. Something got fucked up, but they they managed to save him. And even though he was the weakest dragon, he had the meanest soul. He was the bitterest, angriest piece of shit. And I just yes. love how Damon vibes with him. And Caracas <laughs> just looks like he's holding back. He he just looks like he's ready to like fuck some shit up. He's ready to mangle some bodies. He he he's ready to commit genocide. He he's yes. just being patient. He's just being well trained. But the, the, this dragon is ready to commit atrocity. The only thing that is holding him back is the sole pretense of civility. And he's just nasty. He's just this nasty looking little viper thing. And I just love all of his features. I just think he's an, I want an action figure of Caraxes. I want a, um, a little plush of Caraxes. I want to see people dressing up as Caraxes. <laughs> I, I think his name is fantastic. I think he's like the perfect symbolic of uh dragon riding of Damon. Of course, Damon gets like, he doesn't get a noble dragon. He doesn't get like a fierce dragon. He gets the most angry, mean fucking dragon. Ah, and, and of course, Vagar is also a standout MVP. Uh, the Grandma Dragon, the Dragon of a Million Wars, who just has that regal, uh, but also this aged, like, you know, I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh, flying's heavy and hot, but I am the biggest fucking thing. I am the legacy of Aegon the Conqueror from uh, 300 years ago, where dragons were huge. I'm the closest thing you'll ever see to Blarian, the Black Dread, the biggest, toughest dragon in all of Game of Thrones lore uh they're they're just they're so many good dragon designs and uh i also do you, did you guys like veramathor the uh dragon that uh, damon sings to uh yes and um is there a spoiler to say like so what is that thing did we see it before 
No. So basically, all right, so here's the lore. It's not too spoiler. Um, On Dragonstone, they kind of like house the dragons outside of the dragon pits. It's like a big dragon, um, you know, storage unit uh, Mm -hmm. on the island. So Vera Mathor is the uh, dragon who was um, uh, the dragon of King Jaehaerys, Viserys' like grandfather. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he hasn't had a rider in a while, and he's also like just a nasty piece of work, and you can just see from like the few minutes of like Damon singing to him that he, you know, he he's not a pleasant thing. He also has like a pretty, pretty, pretty badass design. Matt Smith's idea. I don't know if it was Matt Smith's idea to like sing I, to him. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. Yeah, you're it's right. in the back. Yeah, there's like lots of background um, videos. I watched all of them, and yeah, like uh, Matt Smith. Uh, there's like like big. I think two or th- there's like that was his idea, and also his idea was or improv was. Uh, the big entrance of VCT and like uh, his crown falling off was an accident, and Matt Smith just went with it and they kept it in because it looked so beautiful. Oh, th- that was a fantastic scene. I, I love the whole VCT arc of the mediocre man who just tries to um, keep things together. Because I, yeah. I, I, I'm going to say this I really think um, uh, VCT is the best king we've ever seen in uh, Game of Thrones. He's one of the yeah best characters we've seen in fiction, uh, uh, on TV at least. Yeah, he, he's definitely up there. But like, when you think about it, all the Game of Thrones kings are kind of terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joffrey is a homicidal maniac. Stannis is so, um, you know, committed to just uh, being stern and fast. And uh, you know, I will not bend. I have the Iron Will. Uh, what you gonna call it? Uh, Greyjoy, Balerion, or Balon. Greyjoy is just a nasty piece of work. Uh, uh, Robert, Robert Baratheon was just a drunk. Yeah, yeah. Just, just a drunk who's only who's who's only good when he was like fighting shit. Um, it was just uh, a whole fuck nut of um, uh, terrible kings. Uh, but I think um, I'll give Bran a chance, man. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> In the Jon Snow series, yeah. Uh, oh yeah, he's he's good. Uh, no. he's the king that everyone claims that they wanted oh the the, the brand the cripple Tyrion gives one good speech and uh that was the king we wanted um god damn those dragons are so fucking good uh i I always had this fantasy of like um if i was ever really rich i'd um get an aviary and i'd buy a bunch of expensive parrots and i name them all after uh, game of thrones dragons i think that's a good uh use of money uh, yeah, yeah, I abandoned mm-hmm. the dream once Game of Thrones sucked, uh, but now that dream is back and viable and not cringeworthy, thanks to House of the Dragon. Yeah, did that means you us... have to get 16 birds, dude. <laughs> <laughs> did any of us think that Game of Thrones would ever come back at all? No, no, I, I, I did not think that they would be able to pull this off. Uh, I thought it was dead in the water. Um, I thought that the cultural goodwill was completely spent. Uh, even the promo material didn't look great. I thought the trailers kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought too. we'd see the winds of winter before we ever saw a decent uh, Game of Thrones series again. Yeah, I was, I was definitely, yeah, I, I, I sat down for a hate watch. In fact, like the first episode, I did a version of hate watching, but I, I think I couldn't tell that I was actually enjoying it but i was just i was just really convinced i was like all right here we go again and subverted with quality um, this is the one of the few times where we were actually pleasantly surprised yes Versus, there, there's, there's hope for fiction yet but were you surprised when the map changed from uh mortar to the south or the southlands to mortar 
I will defend that one moment. Um, I know it's cheesy, and if they didn't fuck up everything, I I thought it was cute. Um, that they quote unquote, really? I know, spelled it out for us. I know. Um, it wasn't so much the name change from the Southlands to Mordor. It was more of the this is how it became Mordor. Like, yeah, okay, everything. Every so you, you had the MacGuffin sword shoved into a random keyhole that opened up the gates in the river and opened yes. up the dam and <laughs> everything around this it. massive steam explosion once all the once the entirety of the river hit the lava underneath Mount Doom and boom and nuke the entire. Oh my god! There, there's like a to me. There's a a version of that where everything else was awesome and it's a fun fun reveal. Not surprised, but a fun cheesy reveal of. Southland words burn and ah, Mordor. And I, I liked that at all. It's just that, yeah, everything around it was just like, like <laughs> you're not earning any of this. I, yeah, yeah, God. Well, yeah. We, we didn't even talk about the Mount Doom reveal. Oh my fucking God. Because that was obviously supposed to be like a show stopping. Oh my God. I'm going to nerd out. Oh, Mount Doom. Uh, you, you know, uh, like the, the moment that was supposed to inspire the kind of devotion that, you know, Red Letter Media parodies and their nerd crew uh, podcast uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Do. <laughs> it's Mount Doom. I recognize <laughs> it. Uh, but holy fuck, was that like poorly executed I, I just thought it was really stupid that apparently galadriel can like air, all the people were able to uh survive mm. a volcano being blown up it was so dramatic though it's so dramatic <laughs> like when it happened i my brain just went all the way back with the steps like so you're saying that um to someone was playing on someone finding a broken rusty sword and that's the thing that changes the entire country. And it's been done by some random asshole dude. Uh, this was the, the plan? The question was, was it the design of Sauron or was it the design of Morgoth? Questions. Mystery! Oh my god. Yeah, I thought the sword was going to be something else. I thought it was going to be and to that point about everybody survive, uh, how many people did survive that? How, can you imagine the people of Pompeii sitting back and watching that, going, "Okay, you fuckers survived it. What about us?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a the, fantasy. Mount Doom isn't as powerful as Vesuvius, assholes. Yeah, the disappointed football fan meme right there. Fist on <laughs> okay, okay. What I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah, you, you guys took a, a volcano to the face, and you're fine. Okay. All right. Or glad you're all drifting off with um, little shit and like, why didn't you guys stay with everyone else who's trying to recover and get up the hill to the Numenorean camp? Why did Gladiel and the kid go off on their own? That I did why not did understand the, that. Why did the queen of a country go with her soldiers to the front lines and she's not even a soldier? Like, there's no reason for her to go. This is like my problem with uh, a problem I've, I've since let go, but. Star Trek does it all, every episode. Like every most important officer goes down to the surface in the most dangerous place when they should have like a strike force to do it. But they, you know, main <laughs> characters gotta go. And like, yeah. what's dumb is like, so she didn't need to go in the first place. And her first mission out of her country, she gets blinded. Like, <laughs> okay, like, what? what she didn't even get to like, you know, punch out the main bad guy and then like pay the price for. Her. No, she just like walked out of her house and ah. Well, I guess I learned that lesson. I'm blind. Like, uh. yeah, was- and the burgeoning love story between her and Elendil that, that that just came out of nowhere in the finale because he's like, elves aren't the only things I love. Like, 
Why why do you have any feelings like that towards the queen? She was just wait, calling wait, wait, wait. you a lowly lord. Are you sure that? I, I I may have missed that. Like a yeah, romance it was, or, it was, it was or was some, it or was it, it love of a queen? It, it was some lo- sideways line Elendil was saying to her as they were coming up to Numenor and he's like elves aren't the only thing that I love. And he's just looking longingly at um, the queen and like, <laughs> why? What build-up did you have to that? It was like the same with um, Sar- with uh, Sarbrand and uh, Gladiol sitting on the sidelines after the battle finished. And they're like, I haven't felt that powerful fighting along somebody in a long time. I felt it too. And like, you weren't shown fighting side-by-side side at all the entire fucking battle. Who choreographed this ep who set up this entire episode because all these twilight just yeah twilight jesus it's twilight fiction like yeah like we're, the, the, the boys and girls we we love different awesome things in our fiction uh boys we like acquiring gear and and resources to build up to take out the final shadow and like uh i, I used to listen to like uh audiobooks of like fiction with you know my ex like she had like this this there's like incredible intergalactic vampire worlds going on and there's like fictions I, I didn't know but like the main thing that they love in that is like the main bad guy is also the person you love and i don't like that and when you get like the mix together you get people like arguing about like what they want to see and the, the both are valid but well, i hate it, seeing it so much like ugh. That, that's an interesting observation because like i do believe that there's like fundamentally uh, gender like something that appeals to like men which is like you know having a tangible goal reaching it uh one of the mechanics of that goal versus uh you know entertainment that's really successful for women which is um you know, usually more emotional more character based uh more relationship dynamic based um you know more soap opery uh and i guess that's why game of thrones works is that it kind of manages to yep. find the both the, the perfect mix of both those worlds it does meld them Mm -hmm. and that's why it's kind of like such a four quadrant hit um as they say in the industry um and that just hits all those um uh sectors well uh and i guess a lot of the problem is that like um it feels like all these like boy centric uh, fantasy genre brands are kind of like being forced into a mold that doesn't quite really work for them Mm mm-hmm like yeah, the 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 Dark Lord is also the the dreamy dude, the dreamy <laughs> dude you want. Like no, wait, what's going on here? Why? Reluctant, reluctant dreamy dude. Uh, what? He just wanted to stay back in Numenor and hammer on metal, man. He didn't want to go fight. <laughs> that, that's, oh, man. Let that the stoner blacksmith just hang out on Numenor. Leave him alone, man. Much like I never wanted to see Darth Vader's five year old adventures. I, I've never wanted <laughs> Sauron to be a dreamy dude. Uh it's, yeah. Uh, oh God. Oh, was... here, here's a question for you guys. Now that you know that Sourbrand is Sourbrand, did you ever wonder about going back through all the clues that they laid out from episodes two through eight to figure out what would he have done alternatively? Like if he hadn't, it, it, like when he was stuck on the raft and they encountered Galadriel on the raft in the middle of the sea, what would happen if he hadn't ran into Galadriel? If he had stayed on that raft with all the other wannabes, or if they did get attacked by that sea creature and he went swimming off on his own, where was he going? What was going to happen? Does anybody actually care to wonder what he was actually trying to do before he ran to Galadriel, or was he, you know, just hanging on this whole prophecy that he's going to run into a really pissed-off blonde elf who's (laughs) looking to avenge her brother and secretly find him and kill his ass and 
Nobody it, it's all so poorly constructed that I didn't wonder about anything. Like it, it doesn't feel like a yeah. It's it's totally written in a uh, so the plot can happen, and yeah. like I don't feel like I'm in a real world where I can think about what else might have happened because the hell is he doing on a raft in, in the middle of the ocean <laughs> in the first place? Fucking I some hell! Fan theories online that the, he was trying yeah. to get make it back to Valor so he could, Valor so he could. Uh, find out what his new purpose in life because he was cast out because Adar killed him supposedly and he was cast off from Middle Earth and he was trying to escape Middle Earth and go back to Valor to find his new purpose in the work in existence and I, I, okay that's great but I still don't care the, the, that's a stretch that's a stretch like this, that's yeah. how you know it's a, like a really bad twist is that like um, when you look at it back it just doesn't make any sense it, it feels like it was just a twist that was like constructed at the 11th hour without any consideration of how it affects all the shit that came before it yeah. or like if he hadn't been pulled off of the Numenor and he'd stayed on Numenor like how would he have enacted any of his plans if he was just hammering away was his original intent to be sitting there and trying to come up with the rings of power for the men I mean what 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 were you planning? What was the entire time? <laughs> Galadriel, what was your plan? Because, <laughs> um, like, there was, like, uh, people who wanted to defend it uh, because Galadriel is, like, a um, near-god being. So her swimming across an ocean, sure, yeah, but, you know, outside of what an elf of her stature can do. But apparently she couldn't because she was on death's door by the time she got to that raft. So apparently she couldn't do it, according to this fiction now. And it's just like, yeah, it's just dumb. Just get to the right point to get to the right next plot point, which doesn't make any sense at all. Like, of all the ways that she could have run to uh, Sauron and him even maybe orchestrate it. Like, that could have been cool. But instead, it's random chance that makes no sense and just keeps happening the only way i like is like a headcanon that like he's like a really depressed dark lord and he's just like you know just kind of slumming it going through like a mid-20s breakup phase where he he, he, you know he maybe he really did want to become like a fucking uh smith and just kind of like live out a mediocre life but uh galadriel uh, kept on dragging him along until she put him into the middle of elf civilization and then he's like ah fuck uh i can finally make those rings yeah, now the dramatic contrast because he did run into Gladiol and he gave she gave him new purpose. He's finally finding his evil ways. He knows what he needs to do to control this Middle Earth. <laughs> The the dumbest thing was like the showrunners they were like so proud of ourselves. This is like our first season. He's like Walter White, but now yeah, we can just do high. Guys, <laughs> oh, yeah, Jake Skywalker is what he is. Uh, <laughs> he's they're, they're referencing freaking Breaking Bad for Lord of the Rings. Oh, no. it, it's like such a fundamental. It, it, it's totally that like we really don't want to be here. Uh, we'd rather be making this other television. So that's. That's why mm-hmm. we're going to compare it. Like, I, I, I the, the, the insane is just like, you know, it's the ultimate sort of like, um, hey, our stuff is just as good as the normie TV you like. We, we promise. Mm. And then there's like also that there's a apparently like my, my note just says ho ho talking, which is um, everything they said in Rings of Power was, was ho ho ho. <laughs> ho ho ho. <laughs> but this ho ho, like every 
goddamn line. Oh, okay, yeah, calm down. Calm. Uh, I was kind of, yeah. cu- I was also kind of curious to ask you, Keith. What did you think of that? Uh, the the the, the black how ha- uh, uh with the, the the weird Uncle Tom nappy <laughs> hair that, that just seemed uh, to be like such a terrible design choice. And I was like, I, am I insane? Is that that's Uncle Tom's hair? And then I looked up some old images of Uncle Tom, and holy shit, it was it was it was that. Um, oh no, I really. I don't know that imagery. Uh, I thought that uh, they didn't make him look really good at all. Um, and I have, my, I have another note where uh, they they murked him so poorly. Like, uh, the the girl elf was right in front of him, and like she throws a knife right past her into him. Like it's just like, yeah, we just gotta get him. We gotta get him taken out. Uh, well, I was also confused by that scene. Well, the one scene is I, I did like him like jumping out of the burrow to like stab the the the, the what you call mm-hmm. the, the witch and you know fuck your foot. Yep, <laughs> I like that. I like that. I, I, I enjoyed that, that moment. Too. And I, I thought his death was kind of poignant. The only problem is you didn't do anything to make me like the character, so uh, you didn't earn that mm-hmm. moment. You know, I they messed. Um, I, I did like that, you know, I, I, I just want to watch the sun rise for a little bit. And I was like, oh, this is almost kind of sweet, but uh, I don't feel anything for him. So, um, <laughs> you, you know, this feels kind of wasted. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I like he. I, I, I'm, I, I sometimes get nervous, like, what if they listen to this podcast? <laughs> uh, and um, I go okay, here. Here's what I thought about, like, all that stuff was. Um, I believe, like, while everyone was on set, they were having the time of their lives. Like, the interactions <laughs> I saw between them uh, and, like, all the things they're doing, the acting, I believe that, like, while they were making it, like, they were all on, like, all on. And I can see from their point of view, they think they're making something that looks good, but then, like, you get outside of it and you see the story of, like, yeah, and if we get left, you know, the the person behind dies, then they sing about how no one gets left behind. And you're like, what are you guys doing? What, what's the <laughs> what's the rules? What? And then like, wait, you mean every time someone's dying? That's not a good system. Like, even if it's like, and like the the the, the people left behind, like we gotta get to the front so that the person in front of us can die instead. Is what you're saying? And it's just like, yeah, that that uh, would- it was a nice way of saying only the the strong uh, survival of the strongest. <laughs> yeah, when you know the the hobbits, they're supposed to be a little. My, I don't know. The, commu- uh, the small community should be a little more together. I, I get what they're doing. It's harsher times, and you got to have stakes somehow. They, they didn't yeah. even really sell that. Like, uh, okay, if you could sell that these are like ho- hobbits living in an awful world where like eagles and like, um, you know, wolves are going to like um, kill them. But the, the, the whole thing was like trying so hard to be saccharine sweet and like, you know, oh, you'll, we promise you'll love this. This is almost as good as Frodo. Um, that like, I, I don't see how, like, the universe of like the Harfoots, if you break your leg, you're, you're, you're stuck behind. Also, what the hell? was that scene where like the the Gandalf is like scribbling furiously and then the the guy breaks his leg were they like trying to imply that his magic broke the leg or did he just break the leg from um the fact that she wasn't there and she was hanging out with uh Gandalf yeah he just fucked up I'm pretty sure that was it that he just fucked up he just fucked up and, uh, the wizard fucked up or he just got fucked up by accident oh uh, he just fucked up by accident like right. they're showing like the harsh things that can happen in the wilds 
if you're not careful i guess it was just such a weirdly edited scene uh that like i like the editorial intent was just like completely flying over me because it it made it look like the the, the, like i guess maybe it was like the sauron thing like oh shit this wizard's doing evil shit but i guess you're right it was probably it's supposed to be like uh bad shit can happen in this fantasy world Uh uh-oh he look what happened to him no, it's just Gandalf feeling the shifting winds of fate, like, oh, wait, his ankle's gonna break, and I'm gonna be asked to help them. This is exactly what the fate's intended to happen for me, and I need to indicate it by this incredibly chaotic drawing I'm just doing, doodle I'm doing in front of, what, what was her name? Uh, Mori. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree with you. It's the, a lot of the editing and all of it just it doesn't make any contiguous sense whatsoever. I can't believe we See. also have gone through so much discussion. We haven't even talked about the infamous Galadriel horse riding scene. <laughs> oh no, let's not. There's nothing to say. We we all saw it. We we all know what happened there. <laughs> the the over dramatic. Yeah, the the they're ride horses. We're gonna ride horses to the library. Oh great! And then the. <laughs> Whatever look that Morfid Clark had on her face, what was that? I, yeah, I, I, I don't was, know if she was auditioning to be the Joker or was enjoying riding the horse. I was, I was trying to give myself over to that moment. I actually tried. I was like, okay, yeah, you know, you know, maybe we're going to see her be happy, and this is like a, maybe a change. No, they're just doing that because this is the image here, right here now. That's all. It's not a change of her character. We're not oh, seeing that's, that's, more. That's when you can tell that the directors of the series took the wrong lessons from Peter Jackson Lord of the Rings, because, you know, Jackson was prone to long, super poetic sequences showing costumes flowing in the wind and the majesty and the fantasy of the whole world around him. It's like, okay, then you see what they're doing in Rings of Power. Like, you guys took that a little too to heart. It's not actually adding anything to what we're watching. It's just... Yeah. Visual wankery. That's all mm-hmm. it is. Yeah, it was the worst kind of visual rank wankery. And you could see that it was like, oh God, it had such like a, you know, what I, what I wanted versus uh, what I got from Wish uh, vibe to it. Uh, where it was like trying to. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, what, one thing, clever thing they did. Uh, they were saying that at the end uh, was the song Where the Shadow Lies. And while the credits were rolling, and when they sang the words "Where the Shadow Lies" for the last time, uh, that appeared in the credits, and like who wrote it and who performed it. So they timed the singing with the credits, and <laughs> go, go rings of power. That was uh, awesome. Like, uh, uh, all right. I don't know if I give him credit for that. But <laughs> somebody, somebody put in that extra effort to make that happen. So you know, that's not nothing. One thing, one thing I will give Rings of Power is their casting director was. I would have liked to have been in the casting room with them because they made some interesting choices. Because I, I think I mentioned last time we all talked about um, the guy who played Elrond was mm-hmm. uh, Robert Armeo. He had played the young Ned Stark in the mm-hmm. uh, flashbacks in Season 7 of Game of Thrones. Mm. So there is the one franchise tie there with him. But uh, do you, did you guys recognize the actor who played Elendil, Lloyd Owen, from his, any of his previous roles? No. He was the... He was Henry Jones Sr. in the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles. Oh. Ah. So, like, uh, getting through, like, the, the bin of, like, genre casting in terms of, like, the uh, the people who uh, were didn't quite get their due? Yeah, because he showed up on screen. I'm like, why is his voice familiar? His voice is freaking familiar. Why? And I looked back through his credits, and there he was. He was Henry Jones Sr. 
And um, the guy who played uh, Gilglad, the uh, Elven King, do you guys, I don't know if you guys recognize him at all. He um, he was Abraham Lincoln in Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. Nice! <laughs> that is a Which, comparison I was, that is someone I was not expecting to see. Yeah, because I, I was uh, looking at him, I'm like, why is he familiar too? What the hell? I'm like, oh my god, I haven't watched that movie in years. So wait, oh. uh, which character, Elendil, was in Young Indiana Jones Chronicles? Yep. Yep, Lloyd Owen. He was Henry Jones Sr. Henry Jones Sr. Very interesting. Well, the dog, uh, Indiana. The one um, like compliment I'll give... Um, uh, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, I, I like, I thought Adar was kind of interesting because I'm always interested in the orc world and the idea that, like, there's this corrupted elf and he's like, all the orcs are like, father, father. And I also thought it was interesting that they, uh, kidnapped, um, you know, people and, like, had the orcs, like, force them to work in their little, I don't know what they were doing, but it, it looked interesting. They were digging the trench for the water to make it to that hole down into under Mount Doom. Oh, is, is that what that was for? Uh, yeah. I, I yeah. Just, oh. yeah. So Adar Sorry. knew exactly what the MacGuffin sword was supposed to do. He just didn't know where it was. <laughs> so that, that's why I was wondering who actually came up with the plan. Was it Sauron's plan? And then Adar was just carrying out Sauron's plan even after he killed Sauron? It, it, eh, who knows? It's not very clear. Um, yeah, because I guess oh, it, 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 it'll probably be clarified later on. The question is whether or not we care to find out. <laughs> yeah, Adar. Um, yeah, there's a good video that pointed out how Adar is actually honorable in in a character that we would normally see as a hero, where uh, Gladriel acts like a villain, where she is uh, unhinged and genocidal and and murderous. And Adar is loving of He's his motivated, people. Keith. She's motivated. <laughs> I got a note talking about how I acted in this like short movie once that no one will ever see as a cop. And I did a terrible job because all I did was uh, glare angrily at the, the guys who are in like the lineup. And that's all I did. And I'm so mad. And that's what Gladriel's doing. Everything she does, she's always so mad and to make sure that she doesn't move her lips too much. She That's what Patty Considine did in uh, Hot Fuzz, man. So give him a break. <laughs> what do you? Who do you play in uh, Hot Fuzz? He was one of the two a hole detectives in the town when. Cool. Um, ah. When, um, uh, what's his nuts? Simon Pegg showed up. His character. He talked without moving his lips. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Rings of Power. I, 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 I really hope. I got. I want. I want. I love seeing comebacks. So it'd be. I would. I would be so blessed if like they took all this to heart and they're like, look, let's come out of the gate strong, everybody. Let's lose the gender war type stuff. We're gonna start making people act like people and like interact and like we can have anybody be awesome and uh, like I, I don't know like all right, is, it, is it is it can it be saved? Well, yeah, that's the question. I mean, do we care to find out about what happens to sort of Gandalf and Nori when they go off to find out what his deal is. Do we really care about anything going on with the Elven Rings of Power and how are they going to figure out who's going to wield the rings? Do we care about what's going to happen when Sauron goes back to Mordor and confronts Adar like, you're the hole that killed me! Ha ha! And, you know, them finding a sealed door and a sealed door escaping from Mordor and making back to Numenor. Do we really care about the Game of Thrones situation? It's going to be boiling up in Numenor now that the king is dead, the queen's blind, and who knows what's going to... and Ferrazan, the 
slimy dude who's leading him in there and while they're all gone if he's going to try to rise to power into a power grab the question is do we care about any of that is anybody going to come back for a season two and find out about any of it um, i don't know i, used, I can't I used, answer that question i used to uh, hate watch uh agents of shield and they turn into one, like after one season they turn into one of the best shows i've ever seen and uh, that's why i like stopped giving a damn that's why i got oh yeah here. yeah no one was watching anymore. They always felt they were going to get canceled, so they went all out. <laughs> and that's what I want for Rings of Power. Like, uh, I, I want them to, and yeah, just like as much as they go all out, like with the elements they have, can they even save it? Only way they the Rings of Power can win is if you completely gut the showrunners and have a completely new writing staff. I, I think that, that uh, could, but you, you're you're not getting anything good with that same talent. Um, they they had their chance, they fucked it up. Uh, now it's time for them to go grovel for more jobs and go, uh, you know, out out like David and Ben and off and uh, see what they can wrangle. And I, I think that's the only thing you get a comeback is you need like uh, uh, a completely fresh writers room. And I would like it if they would um, write out the characters, like get them to endpoints that are satisfying, get them out of the story, and maybe start slowly introducing like characters who don't have endpoints that we know, and like experience the story through them so that more all bets can be off. Maybe, but ugh. yeah, they got they got they got some issues up in there. They got some issues. It's hard because like uh, you know. Th- th- uh, whatchamacallit, Lord of the Ring, uh, like uh, doing a Lord of the Rings show is also kind of like, uh, I think, the same challenge of like doing a Superman story is that like, you know, uh, Super hello, Lord of the Rings uh, is very sincere, on? it's is very it, earnest, and you know, we live in a cynical era where, uh, you know, if something's too sincere, it's like considered to be saccharine or camp. Um, the same thing that people keep on struggling to make a good Superman story um, mm-hmm. because they think they're like, you know, just have a good guy. But like, you know, it's, uh, Marvel proved with Captain America. The solution to that uh, is you, you take a guy with integrity and you put him in morally gray situations and you kind of torture him to, as he does the right thing. Um, I, I don't know what that solution is for like rings of power or Tolkien. But obviously, what we got was—it it ain't it. It was just kind of like an, it, it, at most, like you know, if you're sleeping, maybe you'll get it confused with the Jackson and have like you know some endorphins of like why you like those movies. But uh, and even the like the set pieces and structure feels like it's designed to be like Sauron's arc is designed to be feel like Aragorn's. Uh, the big set piece battles felt designed to feel like Helm's Deep. Uh, just too much imitation of uh, previous work to hope to like you know trigger the member berries. Yeah, I don't see much hope. And yeah, like I- I'll definitely give uh, Rings of Power a shot, but um, yeah, I highly doubt that they can keep me um for the full show. Like that was felt uh, other than knowing that it's going to make for great conversation. Uh, yeah, it was not time well spent. That was like once again, corporations purchasing my time, doing whatever they want with it, and then dipping out. I'm like, no, I'm no. Well, and that was the thing I found interesting when going back and watching all of the uh, behind the scenes stuff that uh, HBO throws behind all of the House of the Dragon stuff videos. I would have liked to have seen some of those Four Rings of Power because I would have liked to have yep. heard what they were thinking with half the crap they pulled. I tried to find it, and it wasn't it's not there. To find. 
Yeah. You, do you think they did that intentionally just because like they, they knew that they would get into like a Game of Thrones season eight situation where like the cast was like, uh, you know, commenting about how the shit didn't make any sense? Like, uh, did you have you, any of you either you seen those like uh, season eight uh, Game of Thrones cast? Yes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, where you see poor Terry on the actor. He's like, we went into the crypt, <laughs> you know. I'm supposed to be a smart character. He said, frustratingly. Yeah, exactly. Well, I, he I, said I, it. <laughs> like he's like, I'm not. I'm, I'm not pretending. This is genius. Like people who were in the Last Jedi. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I feel like if that's the half the reason why they didn't have like you know behind the scenes things, or I think they had a podcast for like uh you know Tolkien scholars. But you're right, they didn't do as much as like um House of the Dragon did with like each you know the thing is at the end of the episodes, and then like you know 20 minutes of behind the scenes stuff attached with each episode. They did a great job of like um you know uh, giving you each element. It, it was super fun to see how they shot the dragon riding scenes where they had that like saddle in the green screen room that would like tilt a hundred. Mm-hmm. 80 degrees that was cool um so yeah it, it's all those years of bull riding at the bar finally paid off <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good so maybe it was an intentional thing they just uh had a feeling that people would just say dumb shit that would piss people off so it's like uh you know what maybe maybe we'll just uh not do that <laughs> We don't need to put more imp- more material out there for them to shit on. Because we talked a little uh, bit about it, uh, the fan baiting, because it felt like there was a whole PR campaign. People actually do love the Rings of Power. Uh, the Rings of Power is great. The showrunners were, like, talking about it, and it uh, felt like there was this whole Amazon-coordinated uh, crisis relief program to try and see if they could steer the conversation. But they lost the plot, and, and just nobody seemed to care towards the end. Like, the people who liked it didn't like it enough to, like, talk about it that much and uh, even the people who hated it well, the people who hated it got to eat their cake but um oh yeah it, it didn't seem like it have either of you guys gone sifting through any of the reviews off of uh, amazon prime site I, I keep meaning to do that i haven't had a chance yet nope i i heard so kinda... i heard that they were like deleting them uh because we're trying to like fight backlash well I, yeah i remember they put that 72 hour um blackout on uh reviews after the first three episodes were released just to try to stem the tide of trolls but i keep meaning to go back and see what comp what reviews they did allow and have posted on there and what the overall rating is so one thing i uh rings of power is doing a thing that i did i've been wanting to have happen for a while which is, I think they're guaranteed, aren't they, like, contracted to do, like, eight seasons or something like that? I, I thought it was what? five. I, I, I heard it was five seasons. Yeah, even then, even oh. then, like, what I wanted, like, okay, on one, on, on one end, I did want this, because, like, this is how, like, Stargate got to be good. I mean, I think they're contracted with a certain number of seasons, and, like, um, like, the first season, I felt wasn't the greatest, but it allowed them to keep reiterating and get better, and then craft into like you know the the powerhouse that it became. So that's what I would love. It's like yo, if you're guaranteed for five seasons, now you have ch- like you know you're not um, gonna fuck up and get canceled. Now you can fuck up and see what didn't work, and then readjust and try. But I I almost get the feeling off them that they don't care. Like if we're guaranteed, then we don't have to worry about you know doing better. Which it feels like, but they are there. Aren't they getting new uh, showrunners? Like I don't, I don't know, know about complete replacements, but I heard they were getting like 
new writers and the new showrunner. I, like I heard, they they do. Yeah, I've heard different rumors. One rumor I heard is that the main guys are are going to be soft canned and that they're they're going to still yeah. ostensibly have credits, but they're just going to be like kind of like booted out of the room, uh, so they can you know leave with face. Um, but it's like one of those things where I don't know what's true and what isn't. Gotcha. Yeah, that's what I'm. I'm hoping. Like, all right, every guys, we we fucked up, and we have all this money, like, and time. Let's let's figure out a way to make it so that people don't hate us. Like, that's what I'm hoping for. But I feel we live in a different world where maybe they don't think like that because they don't have to. Actually, I'm, I'm looking quick. I uh, found an interview that the. Uh... Payne and McKay did with Vanity Fair. They said that season two was already planned out before season one came out, and they have no intentions of changing what they had planned. <laughs> so they they are they are still firmly in place as the showrunners, and they are going to proceed with season two as they originally intended. Oh. We're going to fuck up, and you're going to like it pretty much. Because yeah, I can't. I couldn't. Hand, I, I I don't know how much if I watched like real time. I I could not take. I I can't go back to that one. Ever. How how far did you get in it? Uh, I haven't even tried. I, I, the videos have been really interesting to hear how it fucked up uh, uh, and all the, the kind of like dumb headed changes. But uh, I'm just curious. Or one, are you a fan of Wheel of Time? And two, if you're if you are, I, I, I like the Wheel of Time. I, I like the I, I watched the f- whole first season of Wheel of Time. I liked mm-hmm. how it started out, but at, towards the end of it, it, just started petering out. Like, okay, now you guys are just struggling for ways to keep the audience's attention because nothing else you guys have done is really that freaking interesting. I think and, I gave... Then, mm-hmm. uh, sorry, one last thought. Um, mm-hmm. Then I talked to a friend of mine who uh, actually read all, all of the Wheel of Time books, which is like 16 books, and he was just livid at the whole series <laughs> because they totally screwed up the um, relationship between the various uh, races and the stratums in the book, in the story, because that was where a majority of the intrigue for the entire world came from, was the differences between, like, all the various races in that world. And they're just homogenizing it so much that it just made every character toothless. Mm. Like, okay, that actually plays into some of what I was noticing towards the latter half of the first season, because all the characters are becoming rather toothless and boring and losing all their promise that they had in the first four episodes. And I, I really have no intention of watching the second season because I don't care. They, they lost me in that last half of the season. Uh, Keith, I, how far did you get? I, 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 uh, I'll say that I barely watched it. Uh, I think I tried a little bit. I, to a point where I don't remember it. Um, I think I just got, it was like, you know, you, you take a sip of the soup and you're like, Ugh! And I just couldn't. And then, like, my, my, my buddy uh, was watching it, and he's just like, "Oh God, Keith, yeah, this isn't, this isn't going well." I read the first book, and or maybe the second, and threw it across the room because I, I hate how much the writer just overexplained stuff. Um, he he put Tolkien to shame on overexplaining things. Uh, but like, uh, I guess like I've, I've, I've glimpsed some lore channels, and it feels like yeah, like they really like the they really did build something that could have been amazing, but. Uh, once again, like they they they, they made it so it's only female centric. Um, that was the main thing for real time. And I'm like, you already have great female characters. They they did a great structure for a world. Just let the characters be. Just let them be. And they they just can't let that happen for some reason. That's yeah. what they forgot in Wheels of Time is they just they stopped developing the characters. They're just like, 
all right, stuff's just gonna happen, you know. Mm. You, you don't you don't know if they're actually learning anything from it, if they're gonna build on it, if any relationships are truly evolving between any of them. Or just shit's just happening to them. It's like then it just kept going through the first season of Rings of Power. It's like okay, Amazon definitely has a fantasy problem. <laughs> Well, I think that, yeah, they, they they don't have the right talent. I feel like it's a combination of tech hubris and uh, kind of like mm-hmm. you know the wrong people in the room who kind of like uh, want to have a message versus uh, the story. And you can have your message, but don't um, undercut the story for that message. Oh, right. how about uh, my problems with uh, the Black Elf? Uh, so I, um, you know, when I was playing D and D, like I was always happy at uh, Dark Elf because I want my skin to match mine. Um, but then, oh, like eventually, oh uh, yeah. yeah, 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 and like um, so like I, I, I'm cool with like, hey, yeah, can you make elves that aren't evil that are black? That's fine. But like, can you just let us be characters in a fantasy world and not? Ah, oh, Jesus fucking Christ! Like the his first episode. Why are you people keep bringing like you're doing the right? <laughs> Stop, do not make it a black thing like and they did it right away and then like also uh they're fetishizing the interracial relationship between the two and some just being lovers and uh eventually like uh the cliche that has always been in like fiction is like if you have a white uh, white girl and a black guy get together one of them has to die and you can tell they're setting this up for that so it's just like it's like they're they're pretending that like you know they're being progressive by like ah see we did this we're just going to do all the same tropes to him but you know unless we we did it and yeah like once again like fantasy is where I go to get away from this shit and like um instead they keep doing it like oh god like I hated like the article I saw on Polygon where they're like isn't it amazing that they're doing kind of like a slave allegory with Finn I was like mother fuckers just, just let us be in characters in the fantasy world so yeah that's that's my take on because like i do like the actor i think he's killing it i think he's doing a great job with shitty material and that <laughs> uh yeah that they, and then like his story will also end up being garbage because they sideline him and they're just doing they're just troping the shit out of him well, let let us also not forget about the the, the elves took our jo- took your jobs uh, speech. Yes, oof, oof, oof. <laughs> that yeah. was like uh, unforgivable <sighs> sin, and I was just thinking of the quote of like you know Tolkien. I despise allegory. Um, yeah, I was I was thinking exactly that. Like uh, Tolkien, I was just that the video I just watched talked about Tolkien wanted to make a separate world that's not ours. He's not trying to say how this is in our world. Uh, that's what's in the story. He wanted to give us a, a place outside of time where universal themes can be explored and experienced. And th- this, they're using uh, Rings of Power instead uses it as a skin to ham fist um, uh, progressive quote unquote talking points without nuance and just wanting its virtue signaling. Yeah. Uh, it, give us, it give us credit. We, we're good guys, right? <laughs> we're okay. the good guys. <laughs> well, yeah, you uh, you, you, don't you know that Sauron, God, could you imagine if like uh, Sauron like has like a Trump speech uh, when he's like rallying the Ooh, orcs or something? No, <laughs> I could see the, you know what? I bet, I bet they, they plan on doing that and they won't do it now. <laughs> they, 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 they probably like, we're like, Oh, I can't wait till we do the Trump. Oh shit. Oh my god, everybody hates us. 
All right, but maybe I don't know if that even being character for Sarbrand. What the heck? Like they care. Well, well, he he's the deceiver, and I could just see them like rubbing, you know, just like how Trump deceives the working class to support him. <laughs> oh, all right. I think we've gone quite a while. You want to start wrapping this podcast? Up? All right. Uh, this was a fun oh, sure. discussion. Um, it is. I yeah. This is a blast. Um, great. Uh, um, bad fiction makes for the best conversation, and now we have like bad fiction and great fiction and it made for a whole lot of fun for me god i could still go on about rings of power but you're right i I should probably go eat dinner and uh be finish this video i'm working on um but um oh keith did you ever get a chance to see the king Vizzy t video hells yes i did loved it loved it and i shared it everywhere oh thank you i'm glad i hope you enjoyed that uh Mm -hmm. so i guess uh, do we want to do final thoughts on um whatchamacallit uh rings of power yeah yeah, um, uh, or is there any other points that we should be touching on that uh, we might have forgotten? Well, all right, so I, I want to lob a few um, criticisms towards uh, House of the Dragon. Um, obviously, mm-hmm. I enjoy it, but I still don't think it's quite as good as Game of Thrones at its peak, just because there was a better variety of characters. I also think okay. some of the, like, um, there was some one of the, like, more progressive sites. I was reading the Onion AV Club had some points that I thought were kind of valid. Um, they were talking about how, like, uh, whatchamacallit, um, when Lanor uh, gets killed for the childbirth and she gets burned up in the dragon, that felt unearned. And Laris mm-hmm. uh, becoming just like super evil little finger felt unearned. That like you know it would have been better if he had an arc. Um, but I guess why, why I uh, kind of like um, I graded on a uh, on a curve in uh, House of the Dragons favors. I, I think it had a lot of really big challenges uh, of one introducing a billion new characters, two doing like several time jumps, and then just having babies keep on cropping up, and also like giving like you know the children characters enough time to stand out. And I, I think like um, you could argue uh, again and again about what the right way to do it was, uh, but I, I think they they mostly took made a lot of strong choices, and the, the strengths far outweighed the few weaknesses. But uh, what were you going to say about Laris? I don't know. I, I actually like. I, I liked how they built up Laris. I mean, yeah, he was just kind of the quiet guy on the court that's like the whisp, you know, spreading the whispers and getting in the good graces of Allison. And then he saw his, cha- he finally saw his chance when Allison was wishing that his father was back as the hand and take care of the whole Harwin Strong situation. Like, ah, at last, my chance. Come with me, prisoners who have no other chance at life. Help me rise to power. I, I, I thought they handled that fairly well. Ah, interesting, because like I, I guess the thing I, I was kind of hoping is like for Littlefinger, um, what kind of like puts him up higher is that Littlefinger has this whole speech where he talks about how how much he was like excited to be pledged toward Catelyn Stark, but and then Ned Stark's brother beat the shit out of him, and how fucking angry he was that mm-hmm. he was like of lower status. So he he resents the upper class, and then of course you have the the famous chaos is a ladder. So uh, <laughs> I love the the Joker Batman dynamic he had with. Varys, where like Varys is an institution holder. He wants to help the small folk by having a stable aristocracy that largely is competent, that doesn't lead to like horrible wars. While Littlefinger just doesn't give a shit. He just wants power and he wants things to burn as long as he's ultimately the king of the ashes. I guess like Laris doesn't have a, a foil. 
right? Yeah, well, he doesn't have a foil, and he also was like, uh, he might get one later where he talks about how angry he was about how his, you know, his Chad brother, uh, Larry, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, I forget, Harwin. yeah, Harwin Strong, uh, and how his brother always resented him for being deformed. I hope he gets something like that later on, uh, just because, like, as of right now, he's just like, you know, I'm sifty, and I'm evil, and ooh, ooh, I'm, I'm the Well, they're, they're very subtle about that, because, you know, he, you know, he wasn't allowed, quote-unquote, to go sit with all the other big brawny men. He had to go sit with the women when they were at the hunting party and had to join them because he couldn't play, go sit with the cool kids, quote-unquote. It, so it felt like that yeah, was... That, that, they, they, they're very subtle with all of it. Mm. Uh, that, that, that's just like a, like a minor criticism. I don't think it ruins the series. And uh, obviously, no, no. Um, you know, I, I wish the kids got a little bit more screen time. But uh, obviously, Allison Rennie, uh, uh, Princess Ray Ray um, relationship is like the heart beating heart of the show. So it makes sense that they get, um, you know, the core screen time. Right. I yeah, the, watching the behind the scenes of the kids was so much fun. Like they they're having the time of their lives, and the kids who are fighting in the pit. Uh, were picked from a local martial arts school. <laughs> so how oh, cool nice. would that be? Like the uh, Hollywood studio shows up to your martial arts school and says, "Hey, do you guys want to be in Game of Thrones?" And yeah, that was really cool well, seeing them train. One thing I'm kind of curious to hear your thoughts are. We didn't really talk about it. What do, What do you think of Aegon? Uh, you, you know, I, I think he's got like a really interesting arc. The like kind of reluctant monster. Uh, Aegon, the, the alcoholic uh, asshole. Uh, yeah, one is, the one is the king at the end of the season. Okay, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, he's a, a fantastic mess. I I really love him. Um, like he he shouldn't be king. He's 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 a mess, and he's fun to watch waddle about. And uh, have people chase him, saying, "Quit running from us!" Uh, the yeah, the come back the, here. The, we the, have a crown yeah. for you. Come here. <laughs> uh, yeah, the the <laughs> dynamics they have going on of like the different kind of characters. Um. The Wussy King, uh, Amon, who should be the king, but instead he has to settle for being a dragon riding badass. Um, yeah, there's oh, no. so much fun uh, going on. Uh, Kristen Cole, Eternal <laughs> Hater. Oh, oh, just wait for Kristen Cole. Yeah, I love him so much. Like he just murdering people and uh, and also like. Yeah, go ahead. The, the king of the hater squad. <laughs> yes, the king of hater squad. I love him so much. I was really surprised he got away with uh, straight up murdering Joffrey at the wedding party. I, yeah, I thought me too. for sure he would have had some consequence, but then, you know, they jump six years later and, oh, I'm, you know, just a sworn protector of the queen. No big deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely thought something was, should have happened there. Yeah, um, that was a straight up murder. And because I don't like uh, Damon, I like that Kristen Cole is the guy who busted him up. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, so that that's like a minor flaw that like it, it would have been nice to see some sort of repercussions or seeing how Allison like manages to get him out of jail free card um, and sort of exert her power and earn his loyalty. But like, you know, there's only so many minutes of screen time you got. So you, there are sacrifices have to right. be made. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I love the Aegon dynamic that, like, I, I think what makes him so much interesting versus, like, Joffrey is that he, he knows he's a reluctant monster, and he's like, I don't want to be the king. I, I'd be terrible at this. <laughs> Everyone hates me, and you, you, you don't love me, so you know what? I'm just going to be a screw-up. Let me enjoy my child fighting pits. And, uh, yeah, his his uncomfortable, shaky smile as he holds the sword aloft. Yeah, great actor. Uh, great. Great dynamic, dynamic, dynamic all around. 
Adventures yeah, I, just, I can't wait to see how all these characters end up because, you know, like we said before, we know where they do all end up, but I just want to, I can't wait to see the journey. Also, I love like some of the, the ideas that appeared on the fly for them that seemed like it was planned. Like uh, when they're creating the, that one table, um, it was on the fly that the set director was like, wait, what if we do this? If we light it up? Cause like when it happened, I was like, "Oh, that, that was so cool! That was so cool! That that was an awesome effect." Yep, I thought it was like uh, something that held back, like something that had, was always there. But no, it was like there's a meeting, and they're like, "Wait, how about we also add this?" And it looks like it, it, it looks like it should have always have been. It was that was so good. It was um, a also design choice. The dragon bursting from the floor was also a wait. I got an idea for a finale idea. Like I love watching that creative process. Well, that one I thought that was like the weakest special effect in in, in the entire show because like I, I thought mm-hmm. it kind of looked a little shitty. Uh, it felt like the budget was being strained there, and maybe that's what the reason why because it was a last minute idea. Um, mm-hmm. So because like oh, yeah. I, I couldn't even tell. I thought, did she come from the roof? Did she come from the floor? I had to watch it a few times before it kind of like the choreography became apparent. And also because you don't get a scene of her like mounting the dragon. Um, so uh, that's interesting. It, it feels like kind of like something they had to do last minute versus something they had they you know uh, had to plan like a uh, you know Amon taking Vagar. Yeah. Now the, um, and then the question is: Are the Greens going to use that to sway public opinion against? Uh, Team Black, because, you know, oh, Rhaenys emerged out of the dragon pit and killed all those civilians trying to escape with her dragon. Or, you know, if there's going to be any consequence to the uh, Blacks for that amongst the, ah, uh, the small folk. People's uh, King Landing. King's Landing. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it in 2024. Yeah, that, that's oh. that's the thing. That's, that's the thing that sucks that they didn't like um, started uh, pre filming. Um, I guess they, they they kind of like they didn't know if they'd have a hit in their hands, but um, uh, which is such a shame. But um, uh, hopefully, like we'll get them like year after year, just like with Game of Thrones. And I guess like with the extra time comes quality usually so there's no rush to get out get up now they can plan stuff out and rise up and probably can get more money and yeah i'm looking forward to it um any other things we should be hitting upon and before we do our final thoughts i think that covers most of it all right mj what are your final thoughts on uh, rings of power versus house of dragon uh, I really wish we didn't have to be so harsh on Rings of Power because there was Same. a part of me that really, really wanted to see it succeed. And actually, yep. after watching the Hobbit trilogy before this, I kind of wish they had uh, waited a few years and made the Hobbit into a trilogy if that was the way they were going to take the Hobbit movies. But anyway, um, only looking forward to the next season of House of the Dragon. Hopefully they can keep up what they did in the first season through the next three seasons because... They've, they've set the bar pretty damn high for themselves, and I'm hoping they can keep up all the character dynamics and everything that they've got going so far. Alright. And then, uh, Isaac, what are your final thoughts about the, the verses? Um, I think it's a very interesting experiment, um, and it just goes to show you that you can, like, you know, um, fan bait, and it doesn't always work, and even the evil racist chuds will shut up if you give them something good. Um, Mm -hmm. and, like, uh, you know, I think we're at an interesting shifting tide in cultural standpoints, where it seems like, um, you know, there was this kind of, like, uh, leftist, uh, stranglehold of progress, and you could still have progress, but you have to remember, the story comes first, and 
and uh, you can't uh, change the world and the lore uh, to fit the message you want. And if you ha- do that, then you will just have people fight fight you back, and eventually you're just going to lose money. Uh, so I hope people learn the right lessons uh, for rings from um, House of the Dragon in terms of how you can have your issues without uh, destroying the narrative. And I hope you learn the lessons from Rings of Power. And uh, the Rings of ha- uh, Power was just sheer fucking hu- sheer fucking hubris. <laughs> sheer fucking hubris in the publicity on screen in the writers' room. Uh, you know, uh, some of the actors gave. You know, as always, I uh, never harass uh, anyone um, uh, who was involved in the creative process. But uh, yeah, it was a very expensive misfire that was not interesting. And the only interesting thing was the discussion uh, around it. Uh, so I hope you learn all the bright lessons from House of the Dragon. And I can't wait to see more dragons and um, you know figure out uh, what future bur- parrots I, w- I want to name after them. And I also share the rings of power. I was actually, so I was pulling for you. Like I like going into it. There's so many people ready to shit on you. And I wanted your free form remix to, to win out. And instead of, yeah, it was really not good. Um, and I'm, I, I pray every day for them that, uh, they do the old school way of, all right, we fucked up the first season. We got other more seasons to keep getting better, to learn from mistakes, completely drop deciding who's important by gender. Um, let the dudes be cool, please. And then also, I don't know, please, like maybe I would love it if they did something to make me like Gladriel. Like <laughs> I, I, I love the actor. I love the uh, original from the original. Um, and I want to be in her presence again. Um but yeah, stop being in love with her. Let her. You, you have to cut her loose to make her a queen someplace else, so that she can become the wise guider and and and, and danger power that's potentially out there. Instead of like a Dristuard and Swordslinger, which she's never been. Like, don't do that. Um, yeah, she's so, got the darkness that she has to work out, Keith. Let her work out her darkness. Have a tempest inside me. Ah. So oh, yeah, tempest, uh, the tempest inside me line. Oh my god! Yes. <laughs> oh. oh my god! Like, am I you supposed to dress it up? Didn't you? Oh. Am I supposed to say this is awesome? But I yeah, I, tempest I, inside me. Yeah, you go, girl. Hashtag yes. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Fingers crossed that with time they try. Take some antacids and, and go home. Jesus. And then with House of Dragon, that was fucking awesome to see the uh, the, the rise of Ryan Condal because I've I've been watching. You know, I like Midnight's Edge. I watched um his fall where like guys we almost had the most incredible Conan series of all time and it's just gone. And then like years pass and like Ryan Connell, his name pops up again. And then I'm like, what the <gasps> spec? And then like uh, surprise, even though the trailers made it looks like shit, like everybody's on board and they're like the fandoms having fun with game of Thrones again. And it, yeah, I, I love seeing comebacks. So it's yeah, fun. House of, House of the dragons making me reconsider having to rewatch rampage. Cause I, I, I do not like watching Dwayne Johnson vehicles, but knowing that Ryan Condal wrote the script for Rampage, now I might have to give that another shot. I lo- yeah, I uh, love that uh, movie. It was big, big fun and dumb. Like Ryan Condal gets, he gets it. That's it's 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 important that there's no substitute for genuinely giving a shit. Ah, uh, although that, that that's mean to say because um, I saw everything about Rings of Power for the most part. They really did give a shit. They actually tried, but I think. 
that there's like political machinations from executives uh, that just, you know, are the money people who said, no, you have to do this. No, you have to do that. You can't just do whatever. And that's why, like, you know, they're professional lore analysts left. Like, business got a business. So, yeah, that's it for me. I I, 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 I will say that, like, don't harass them, but I do think those showrunners should be thrown under the bus. I I, I still think they're like... uh... I, I, maybe I'll hear an inside story that'll change my tune, but I, I still feel like a lot of the blame lies at their feet. It, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, so is that it? We're done. I think so. That was, uh, it was fun, fun, fun discussion. Hell yes, MJ. Where can we find more of you on the internet? Uh, you can find me on all the socials. Uh, MJ is thirty-three forty-two. All right, and Isaac. Where can we find more of your work on the internet? Uh, you can find me at Lobster Magnet Reviews on YouTube. All right. And you can find the my nerdness uh, on Instagram at Keith Justice. I'm on Twitter at Keith Hayward. And you can find this podcast and more on popgeeks.com. Thank you for listening. Geek out. I'm hungry.